Hey, hey y'all. y'all. And welcome to the Sorry Not Sorry Generation podcast, where we bring you a not-so-healthy dose of humor and reality as we get our hands dirty with some serious nostalgia and question everything. Let's dive in. Hey, y'all. Hey, y'all. Hey, Odie. Just had to be it's, different. It's Misty. It's Honey. And Aaron. And we are in our second session of D&D. Yay! I gave my dice a lovely little roll and breath and words of encouragement, so they're nice to me this time. She she gave them the whole workaround of, of, of asking them to be nicer to her so that she doesn't have to roll them on the floor again, so... Uh, but yeah, as that was. <laughs> as, yeah, as entertaining as it is to watch, I imagine it's a pain to continuously pick your dice up off the floor. So, you should um, just sit her on the floor, I guess. Yeah, but I could. You could still see me from the camera angle. Probably be really hard to catch yeah. you on mic, but you know. <laughs> True. Just lean it to the edge of the table. <laughs> just like, just hold it down to her, like every time she goes to talk, and it's just like. Uh, we should just have our setup on the floor for D&D from now on. Mm-hmm. Apparently, like, it might do at least Ani better, so. You're still hoping. Yeah. Or, of course, the dice probably know. Mm. That, no. No. We, we need to just, we just need they to They know your dice. tricks. Need to get you a whole giant set of new dice. All right, I'm going to do a little recap of what happened last time, give everybody a little refresher, and then um, we'll dig in. Yes. So last time saw our wayward adventurers, our, our uh, reluctant adventurers uh, in their, the nameless city and what well, started as a normal day turned into the worst day the city has had in generations. The nameless city became under attack from the Elithids and together Jazara, Asha, and Valkaria were tasked with taking the key that led to the secret magical well of power within the city out of the city in order to protect it from the Elithids so that they could not gain the ability to fully take over or destroy the people of, of the Nameless City. Our adventurers found themselves being chased by a group of Elithids and their minions through tunnels, over water, over very rickety bridges, uh, through cave-ins, facing demon spider creatures, weird floating uh, manta rays, and eventually onto a lake that looks like an endless underground sea, there in which our heroes learned of some of their new abilities in the form of a beautiful magical shield of the Moonweaver, known as the Moon's Defense for Asha, gifted to her by her mother, and Valkaria found a shiny. I got a shiny! She found a shiny crystal, which, when she meditated with it, showed her visions of a plane unknown, with some rather haunting images that showed a figure that seemed to look at her back. And after a, a near Ooh. sinking of their boat uh, and facing a some kind of Loch Ness monster demon creature in the water, our adventurers finally made it to the exit of the Underdark. 
into a cavern which would lead them up to the surface. And for the very first time, our adventurers find themselves with a future in which a world has a sky. Which is going to be real trippy for y'all, because that's new. But the yeah. sun is going to be new. Like <laughs> sun's going to be real new. <clears throat> you've seen it. You've definitely seen it before. However, it's going to be new. So, so this is the entrance. Well, it's the entrance slash exit to the Underdark. It, it, you've at this point, everybody, you're in the boat. You've docked it up against uh, the side, you know, uh, out of the giant ocean lake that you've been traversing for several days now and you can climb out of the boat and through the tunnel that leads just slightly upwards you can see sunlight and you know that beyond this exit is the world of the surface and an adventure and possibly a terrifying but maybe wonderful future ahead of you here's to hoping And as you crawl out of the boat, and you stand there in the cave exit, and you step out into the world of Exandria and the world of the surface, you are hit with the fucking freezing cold that is a (laughs) gigantic tundra. Insert wind noises here. It is freezing. There is snow in every direction. You step into it and it comes well past your ankles. And there, every large tree in the area is covered in snow. There's cliffs, there's like snowy, like uh, dunes everywhere. What lies before you is a giant section of just frozen snowy tundra. If you turn around, however, and you look at the entrance of where you were, you will see that behind you is a gigantic series of mountains. They all kind of like almost even off in a, in a straight direction. Like it's not really, they're not really like scattered so much, but there's a gigantic mountain behind you. And you know that the Underdark in which you live is below these mountains and then inward. And But in front of you is a giant tundra wasteland. And... Jazara is, you've all been to parts of the surface before. Like, Jazara has taken you to the surface before uh, in little, like, trips and secret and stuff like that. Mostly it's at night. So, like, and you've seen the moon. In fact, Asha is the only one of her family who's seen the fact that there are two moons in the sky. Um, whereas, because in uh, the Nameless City, you can only see the one through the hole in the ceiling. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, you've you've been exposed to parts of the surface before. You've never, like, spent significant time in it. Right. And as, as you've stepped out into the surface world, what would you like to do? First, I want to make sure I'm not going to die as soon as I step into this world. Mm-hmm. Very and tentative you- steps. <laughs> um, you can do a little bit of like, wobbling. If you'd like, you could do, like, perception checks to investigate the area, to see what you see without actually having to go anywhere. Um, you can inspect, like, the cave where you just were. What would you like to do? Cry because I'm cold, and then <laughs> I'll, I'll roll a perception check. Okay, go ahead and roll me a perception check. 13. 
13. Okay. Mm-hmm. You get, as you look at the landscape, there's clusterings of trees, you know, like there's no like dense forest or anything like that. There are bunches of trees. You think that like if you had to like spend the night somewhere, you could probably like, it, the, your safest bet would to go into the middle of one of these clusters of trees to try and like cut the wind down and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, as you look like up at the mountain, you can see it's a lot of sheer cliff face around you. So, like, you definitely would have a really difficult time if you wanted to climb up the mountain. You're also, as somebody who lives in the Underdark and, like, beneath the mountain, you know, like, nobody would really live above you. Like, you've never heard anything of anybody living above you. If somebody, if there was a city or something that lived above you, they would have found the entrances to the Underdark and you guys would have encountered other people. So you have a pretty solid idea that there isn't anybody or anything that's in the mountains themselves. And as you, like, look out in the tundras and um, there's, you don't see any structures, you don't see any signs of, like, human presence, with the exception of just the general area around the entrance to the cave itself. You can tell just by the way, like, some of the stone is worn and, like, some of the way the rocks have been moved that there's been activity through this tunnel. And, but you can chalk most of that up to the fact that there's a regular patrol that comes out of here. Did uh, Valkaria want to do any looking or anything? Uh, I'll I'll do a perception check, but I also just want to poke at it with my stick just be like what are you gonna poke at the ground the ground I'm gonna, okay i just want to poke the ground she's not super familiar with snow snow yeah so go ahead and give me a survival check as you poke at the ground survival <laughs> all right one no um, <laughs> my luck yeah 13 13 okay we're rolling 13s today. Um, Sounds you, well, you, you take your quarter staff and like you stick it in the ground. It probably goes into the snow, um, depending on like where you're sticking it. Some parts are a little deeper than others. It's usually about between six and eight inches is what you're looking at for the snow. Okay. Um, so you think you could traverse through it. Mechanically speaking, you're only moving at about half speed. So instead of moving your 30 right. feet, you're moving about 15 feet, which does make your movement pretty slow. Um, but trudging uh, through snow. Yeah, as you're as you're trudging through the snow, um, you can do. Uh, if you'd like to do anything else, you can uh, inspect the cave. You can expect inspect like anything else you'd like to look at before we move forward. If not, we'll move forward. Yeah, I think let's move forward. Yeah, I mean we came out of the cave, so. Um, Jazara is. Behind us. <laughs> well, Jaz- Jazara is gonna uh, look at you both, and and she says, "I am going to tie the boat up." here so like it doesn't sail away in case for some reason we have to come back quickly um there is the only only the one boat back and forth um Mm -hmm. and she's going to tie the boat to like this little stalagmite thing and then she's going to do her own perception check which is pretty good um yeah she gets a 22 for her perception check so she does find what are a couple of stashed packs of supplies that are kept here for like the patrols that go out um in them there's a couple of blankets there's a uh, there's no like tents or anything like that but there's like tinder boxes and for like starting fires and things like that there's a couple of like basic knives and there's like um some food it's not great food because it was meant to like last so it's like a lot of dried like fruits and mushrooms and Heart things attack. like that yum 
Yeah, so, but it's better than you had before. So you do have some basic supplies. You have, um, like, just, and that's basically really base survival things that you needed of, like, starting fires and things like that. And they don't require, like, spells. And uh, so, and there's, like, little, little base knives that you can use to, like, cut down, like, branches and stuff like that. So uh, she gives, she disperses some of it between all of you. So now... You guys have like tinder boxes and, and there's everybody at least has one blanket. Um, they're thick blankets and they all came with uh, thick winter cloaks. They're not going to keep you from freezing to death if you do something real stupid, but they will basically uh, help take the wind off of it. So, well, uh, there's nobody who there's nowhere to go in the mountains. And yeah. even if we wanted to go into the mountains, we'd have to climb up couple hundred feet of sheer cliff face and I just don't think that's worth it just to try and find something we don't know is here um, I've never seen a civilization a town and anything here but I have heard some of the other guards speak of uh, activity uh, further to the west so there there is an idea that, that some of our scouts have reported there is a settlement out there none of us have ever been in it but there is supposed to be one out there. You know, Jazz, if I had wings, we could have just flown to the top of this mountain. What do you want me to do about the wings, girl? Like, I don't have the ability to give you wings. Either you're born that way or you're not. Squishy. Like, unless Rude. you want to be... An... <laughs> Stop like, pointing I... out my flaws. I'm sorry you're not an Aarakocra, but you can't fly, girl. And in all honesty, let's be real. Even if you were, you'd be a penguin Aarakocra. Harsh. Harsh. You literally yes. just you literally just told me to change evolution for you so that you had wings. What do you, you want didn't ask from me? They could fly. You just asked for wings. You Neither know. of you are helping me. You you got to be Were real we supposed specific, to? Specific when you ask a genie for wishes. If I get the ability to transform you into something I'm going to turn you into a penguin person. I hope that ability never crosses your way. Let's start walking before I hit either of you with my staff. It's a new goal I have now. Oh, great. Learn to transform you into a <laughs> penguin person. Learn transfiguration. It's worse because your DM is making a note of penguin person. <laughs> <laughs> the hours of research that will go into this is ridiculous. <laughs> Derail the whole campaign and throw it out. I'm going to a penguin. I swear. I'm <clears throat> a flightless I'm tiefling. Suddenly, I invent the new spell, Penguin Polymorph. Penguin Morph. Mighty Morph and Penguin. Mighty Morph and Penguin. And then worse, it becomes canon. Someone picks it up and they're like, you know what? Penguins. Yep. Yeah. Ani, oh. goddess of penguins. Um, goddess of penguins. Penguin oh. persons. Mighty Morph and Penguins. Mighty Morph and Penguins. Um... So I'm going to have Jazara make a um, survival check to see if she can. And anybody else who wants to, like, try and make a survival check to, sure. like, get your bearings, you can go for it. Twelve. Eighteen. Fantastic. So uh, Jazara uh, tells you guys that you need to go west and Asha... You're able to, like, look at the sun, and you track the moon and, like, its movements a lot, and you're able to, like, look at the sun and get an idea, because you know that the sun and the moon rotate, like, 
pretty similarly. Um, mm-hmm. And you're able to tell like where west would be based on where the sun is and what like kind of what time that you think it is. Um, so you you able to like point them in a direction for west. Um, it's a little strange just being out here, as everything is like brighter than you have ever seen. Like all of the snow is just bright white. Like the sky is a bright blue with this bright sun, and it's the brightest environment you've ever been in. And it it is a little disorienting just because as you look out at the tundra, it is just endless vast openness there's like it's you might not have that, hmm? sorry it's a good thing that asha can you know see, basic navigation basic skills. navigations with like the elements because this one doesn't north and west are bitch Jeez. Aaron looks scandalized. <laughs> wow, that came out of... Ooh, the gauntlet was thrown down. Okay, okay, okay. I'll, I'll turn her into a penguin for you, Aaron. I promise. Thank you. Ana, you made a terrible but amazing mistake when you introduced us. You know that, right? I know. I know. <laughs> Now imagine if her and Jess meet. Oh dear. I think she and I are still more alike. Yeah, you are. But just imagine Jess in this in this oh my God. group. <laughs> um. So it, it is a little disorienting just to be like in this very vast open space. Um, if there is an opposite of claustrophobia, uh, I don't know the name for it, but it agoraphobia. There you go. It, it's very borderline on that. You're not used to just having this vast openness in every miles. direction. Okay. Miles and miles in like every direction. And oh, you're half just, the pace. Yeah. I'm gonna be a just, cranky bitch. There's just a vast open space in front of you. Um, so you guys are gonna start walking through the snow and um, it's gonna take you a couple days of, of travel assuming you days. don't get super lost. It's gonna take days. Mm-hmm. It's gonna take days, darling. So what we're gonna do is every day we're gonna roll uh, a couple of times, and every so every couple of hours I'm gonna have you roll me two things. I'm gonna have you one of you, uh, and we can go we can hop between like me, Aaron, and Ani, and like go back and forth with it. Uh, you're just gonna roll a d20, and I'm gonna uh, it's gonna be a random luck encounter of like seeing how your day is going, how the weather's going, it, whether or not you encounter anything. Bad. Uh, you'll add nothing to it. You'll just roll a straight d20, and it'll just be one of us at a time that does it. And then you're also going to roll me a constitution um, saving throw to see if you get any levels of exhaustion. And if you do, it's going to start playing into what we do. So um, okay. so we're going to start, and Ani, if you will just roll straight d20, add nothing to it. 17. Woo! 17, great. Weather is fine there's no like snow falling there's no rain you know the sun is still up and uh, you guys haven't really encountered anything you don't see any creatures you don't see any movement you don't see anything it's just (laughs) you guys in this tundra and some trees um but you keep moving uh west together um what kind of marching order are we going in are we all walking like side by side 
Uh, it's probably easier if you go in a line so that the two people in behind the first person have an easier time walking. I wrote um, Jazz is in the front because she's got the most non-squishable elements. Okay. Well, I was um, also going to suggest that maybe we switch out who's in front every so often so that's not good. the same person isn't breaking ground all the time and someone gets to take a... You want to put the squishy air in the front when something comes straight at us? I didn't say it would be for a long time and we'd still be watching. Mm, okay. Just rotate out and make it a little easier for Must everyone. Must hit a nerve there. <laughs> Jazara kind of looks at Asha when like this conversation is going on and it's just like, ah, I think she's going to learn there's not a lot of pampering on the surface. <laughs> so get your ass in front, girl. Something so, happens to me, you know that they're all coming after you. Just keep that in mind. Uh, I, I, I'm just going to go to a, a just different continent. Like, I'll just go to a different continent. It's fine. I'll, I'll just I'll go somewhere else. <laughs> I'm sure you will. With your bones. My bones? Yeah. You'll go in a box full of bones. Of your own bones. Just Ooh, she is to another continent. salty today. Yeah. And Jazara's going to lean real close to Valgaria. It's like... <laughs> You gonna threaten me? I'll leave your ass here, then what's gonna happen? Facts, darling. Facts. Yeah, facts. You have zero survival skills and couldn't figure out where West was. So don't put me in the front! I can point you in a direction! Now pull your weight and walk! Mumble, mumble, grumble, grumble. Uh So you guys are are walking along. Um, Everybody go ahead and it's your- it's your- literally your first, like, couple of hours. So you can roll me a uh, constitution saving throw with advantage. Just uh, Valkaria or everybody? Everybody. Okay. 11. That's with advantage? Yeah. Okay. It's up here. Hmm? Saving throws. Oh, duh. Sorry. Uh, Here we go. 12. 12? Okay. So far, you guys are doing good. It's hard, and you're definitely not used to it. You've never trudged through snow before. It's wet, it's squishy, it's cold, but you are making progress, at the very least. So, Kasha, how are you faring? Is it, are you swampy yet? If I was a little warmer, called a swamp. Currently, it's just sad. <laughs> Fair. All right. Um, Asha, why don't you go ahead and roll me a d20? I have a question. Sure. Can I use my uh, my burning hands to just melt some of the ice in front of us? Your burning hands will... Let me pull up your spell. Your burning hands will melt exactly 15 feet of snow. Forward. And how many times can she use it before she runs out of... Three times. Mm-hmm. It is, okay. It's a leveled spell, so... Okay. It's a, it will, you can like fire it kind of like in a cone in front of you and it'll hit mm-hmm. everything within 15 feet in a frontward direction of you. Um, like starting at a point of view and then going outwards a little Got bit. Got it. But uh, yeah. And so it, it unfortunately times. that's not a, a spell you can use repetitively and it'll, it'll wear you out really fast. So. <sighs> okay. Um, Asha, what did you get on your D20? 16. 16. All right. So far, so good. You guys, have, you feel like you've gotten like your your bearings of where you're going. Uh, you're trudging through the snow. It's starting to get later in the day. Um, you've been traveling for most of the day. You haven't really seen a whole lot. Um, 
why don't either one of you can make me a perception check, uh, or both of you can make me a perception check, or one of you can make it with advantage. We'll do both. Let's see. Both. Perception. Fourteen. Ten. Fourteen, ten, and all right. Uh, Jazara got a seventeen. Um, so she's. It's starting to get kind of late, and she's going to look at you guys and, like, at this point, we've walked for most of the day. Uh, judging by what I know, I think it'll be at least another day or so before we get to this village, assuming we haven't gotten off track and we're going in the right direction. So I think it's a good idea to start looking for a place to stay for the night and trying to set up some kind of camp. Um, she finds, like, this cluster of probably about ten, like, large oak trees, and uh, uh, she's going to lead you guys in there, and it it's still open, like, you can see out, like, on every side, but it does, as you step into, like, the center, cuts down a lot of the wind that's bracing you. And it is... and everything. Yeah, it's, like, a nice relief, because, like, the, the solid, uh, like, the trees themselves are blocking some of the wind, and then, you know, you know, if any snowfall comes down, it'll be partially blocked by the, the canopy and everything like that. Um, you guys can make me some survival checks if you would like in order to find some wood or maybe some food. 17. 12. Awesome. And Jazara rolls a natural 20. So Asha, as you're looking around you and Valkaria, you're looking for, because you know, like, you need to set up a camp. So you start, like, pulling up some stones and, like, trying to clear off some of the snow and stuff like that to try and make a uh, safe place to put a fire that will actually be sustainable. And you find some actual dry, like, branches and twigs and stuff like that off of some of the nearby trees. And uh, so you pull those and, like, you construct, like, a nice fire with Valkaria's help. And Jazara kind of, like, walks around, like, the outside of the perimeter of the trees. And, like, she might wander away for, like, a couple minutes and then come back. And when she comes back, she actually, she's holding her cloak, like, kind of bundled up like she's carrying something. And she did find a bunch of uh, berries that are inside of it. Mm, so berries. Yeah. So she found some nice... Uh, a uh, variety of like winter berries and stuff like that that you guys can eat um and uh you guys can go ahead and like start a fire um if one of you would like to give me a survival check to do that you can 13 13 you start a fire and you don't light anybody else on fire at the same time yeah kudos to you. An accomplishment there we go i'm safe for now yeah so you guys are now the light's starting to die, like, you managed to get everything together, like, before, like, the sun, like, fully set and everything like that, because you knew that would be safer. Um, and now you're sitting in this cluster of trees. <laughs> Anything you'd like to do or say as you, uh, sit down and snack on your berries and some very dry mushrooms? These aren't the kind that your auntie likes to find, is it? And burn? I doubt it. Okay. I, I, I sincerely doubt it. Uh, on a note, Asha, you have not fully explored the pack Jacinda gave you. Oh, maybe it'd be a good time since yeah, the cave see was what so dark. We what couldn't... Jacinda gave you. All right, let's open her up. So you're gonna dig around a little into uh, the pack Jacinda gave you. A little wary, like a, a little wary, because. You've met Jacinda. You know what kind of stuff she's in into. Like, it could be... Literally just about anything could be in this. Like, it could be hallucinogenics. It could be bombs, for all you know. Like, could be it, just ribbons for dancing in the moonlight. I was thinking leaves. leaves yeah, leaves. like, 
there's so many things it could be and it's just it's a little worrying as you open it um in one of the pockets you do find a cluster of like multicolored mushrooms um you can do me a nature check if you'd like to try and identify them got 13 13 um there's there's about six or seven of them a couple of reds blues greens and then there's like a couple that are like a little yellowish and a little greenish you're not entirely sure what those ones are uh but you know the other ones are like common ingredients in you know like some of them are spell components and some of them are like Mm -hmm. things that you guys use commonly in ingredients for cooking and stuff like that but there's a couple of them in there that are like a little yellow a little spotted and you're just like "Mm, Mm -hmm. i don't really know what those do <laughs> Ma'am. Ma'am. Yeah. So as you're digging through the rest of the pack, you actually find um, there's a bottle of ink that's in it. And it's there's just normal black ink, but there is a, a sealed bottle of ink in it. There is a, uh, a, a nice but practical uh, ink pen as well. And about oh, to write my suicide. <laughs> well, it does come with 10 sheets of parchment paper for you to do oh, so on. You guys you can to... write one too. Oh, yeah. There you go. Um, it comes with a little bag of sand as well. And you, with all of your scholarly knowledge, would know that it's especially useful when scholars are traveling. You can throw it on the ink to dry the ink up, and then uh, you can like scoop the sand off off of it and there's a little knife in there as well like it, it's pretty small it's only like a couple inches but there's a little knife in there as well so and as you're you're digging around the pack and you fish out and from the very bottom of the pack you actually find a fairly old book on the like on the history of the surface world so it's, oh. it's kind of it's kind of what do we face yeah it's kind of basic it's um it's in what you know to be uh, the common language of the surface prior to the calamity. So it's like old common. Hmm. And it's really uh, old then. Yeah, Your and it just scares me sometimes. Hmm? Your aunt scares me sometimes. Yeah, but sometimes she has a scary way of being right in a weird way. Oh, I get that. The fact that she gave you this book. Uh, well, mm. the, maybe the mushrooms told her. <laughs> maybe the mushrooms told her. It could have been the ribbons too, like she was throwing yeah. those out the window. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm, mm-hmm, who mm-hmm. knows what was talking to Jacinda that day? So, um, but it is a it is a, a book of just it looks like as you, as you like flip through like the table of contents and everything, it looks like a brief like summary of the history of uh, a continent that you guys uh, you know that you're on the continent of Wildmount because that's what it was called before the calamity and everything like that um and it just says brief history of wild mount and then it has some years on it and you know that it predates the calamity so mm-hmm. i wonder if there's any maps in here <laughs> that'll be that'll be helpful and you can uh flip through it read it whatever you'd like to do with it as you like investigate it um and you can you could start reading it tonight if you wanted to um i'll read it during my watch this evening there you go. Uh, Valkaria, is there anything you wanted to do? Um, do you guys think they're okay? Do you think the city's still standing? And at that kind of like a somber mood like takes over the camp as you guys think about your city and your home as you're sitting around this fire in a completely new environment, having no idea what's happening uh, back home and with all of your people. 
believe the city is still standing. How everybody's doing, I can only guess. I think there was a lot of people, things really, attacking our city. But knowing our people, if anybody can deal with it, it'll be them. I don't know Agreed. what's going to happen with them. I don't know if we if we get the chance to return with this army your father spoke of, what we'll find, but all we can do is try. Like moment, I'm ready, but I'm also not ready to leave this the city. Like just I'm mm, Yeah. Not under these circumstances. Mm-hmm. It was definitely Also some... I hope no one finds our cave. <laughs> well, our, our cave doesn't our cave has been there since the beginning of the nameless city like it wasn't something we created so oh no i know i just hope no one finds it <laughs> because i and have precious gems and jellies and jewels that i don't want anyone getting and shar kind of looks at you device. like that's <laughs> like that's that's your issue she does kind of like tilt her head and like that's that's your main focus okay um i gotta provide just... the comic relief somehow come on just simple things <laughs> like Jazara just kind of reaches over. It's like, Jazara reaches over and she like playfully shoves you to the side a little. And uh, she's like, to be fair, uh, all of the money I've been saving to come to the surface is in fact still at home and not with me. So. Mm. See? So we'll be whores yet. (sighs) Well, if we get super desperate, I guess we can uh, put Valkari on the street corner somewhere. Me? Yeah. Stay You're gonna hoe me out. I'm not sorry. not not this one, the Moonweaver. She's a a person of a goddess, of course not. And you you're the one who's supposed to lead the city. You're supposed to be the one sacrificing for everybody, so So you're gonna turn your your future leader into a whore. Why not? Why don't we just use your skills at gambling and taking people's money? Oh, you wanted me to share that. Oh, okay. Oh wow. Okay. 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 Um okay. And Jazara takes one of her her gold coins and she flicks it at you. Is it for services rendered or unrendered as of yet? You wanted me to share, so I'm sharing. Half now, half later. Thank Mm -hmm. you. You can keep all your services to yourself. Thank you so much. I like this kind of pouring out. I do absolutely nothing when I get money. (laughs) Don't get used Ah. to it, Wave Chiggs. I will throw you to the dogs, ma'am. I'm staying out of this. <laughs> she is the most well-armored person here. We should definitely not be throwing her anywhere. <laughs> She's also Ow. the main healer here. We should, like, no, we're not throwing her anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> the sun fades, and you guys, like, try to bunk down. You have, like, some blankets and some very base supplies with you. Uh, and you do, like, huddle together, like, around the fire. And who would like to take which watch? You will have three watches. Like, one for each. I'll take first watch. Okay. I'll take second. All right. And then Jazara will take the last watch then. All right. Uh, go ahead and roll me a perception check. Four. A grand four. A, a, yeah. a royal four. Uh, you're sitting there for the evening... You know, you don't you don't see anything, you don't hear anything except for the howling of the wind like through the trees. Uh there's no snowfall or anything. It gets very dark, which is a little more familiar to you than the bright sunlight of the day. Uh oh, it sweet gets relief to my eyes. It does get colder, but 
you do have an odd sense as you're sitting there and you're like surrounded by these trees and like you're looking out at the tundra and you at some point look up and you can see through the canopy something you have only seen a very rare few times in your life and that is a giant field of stars and then it's so dark and the stars are twinkling and they just it looks like somebody took little shards of crystals and scattered them across the sky and in the center of the sky slowly moving in two different paths is the large moon uh, that you know as Katha, and then a much more unknown moon to you that is red and significantly smaller as they both make their way across the sky throughout the night. I Not just kind of, I just kind of lean back on my elbows and just admire the beauty and vastness of wherever the hell we are because it's just so different. Yeah, it's on it's high alert. Strange. Yeah, it's, I, I'm on high alert because it is strange. Yeah, but it's also very beautiful. It's it's an odd feeling to be in such like a foreign space with the vastness of the sky and the changing of the lighting around you, which is really yeah. strange. Uh, but even considering the circumstances that you're under to get here, you can't deny that it's a beautiful place. While I'm on watch, I, I take my staff and I just kind of draw whatever constellations I can find through okay. the canopy into the ground near me while I'm while watching. Sure. So just to pass the time. Alright. Draw some constellations. You get like a there's a couple of them that you've seen, like that of Asha has done before, mm-hmm. and like that she knows. There's a couple that you just kind of make up here and there into like different shapes and stuff like that. But uh, it is your watch is uneventful, but thoughtful. Okay. All right. Your watch comes to an end, and you'll you'll go and you'll wake Asha up, and uh, for her watch. So go ahead. Jesus, it's cold out here. <laughs> Very perceptive. Very perceptive, ma'am. Very. Okay, so it's 23. It was 18 plus 5. All right. So, Valkaria, you, like, hunker down, like, with your with your one blanket and your cloak. You've got your cloak underneath you because cloak is waterproof. So, like, or at least heavily water resistant. So that's underneath everyone. Like, you've spread your cloaks out underneath so you don't get soaked with the water of the snow. You, like, you tuck your blanket around you, and you, like, you're huddled up next to, like, Jazara and Asha, and, like, trying to keep warm. And it's just, like, and you have a very infernal, like, you know, like, fire nature to you as, as a tiefling, but it, even you're cold, and it's just, like, it's just I'm naturally cold. cold to the touch. Yeah, but, like, inside of you as a tiefling, you have, like, a, an inner hellfire that exists. Okay, yeah, my, my um, hellfire <laughs> is, a. Uh... Your oh, hellfire so that's is... that's what it is about you. It's like, you have a moment of thinking to yourself, it's it's rumored that several of the layers of the nine hells are made of ice, and you're just thinking to yourself, no, it, it's it's no longer hellfire, it's hell fucking tundra at this point. Oh, and you God. are cold. So And I am not happy. No, but you do, you like, you bunk down, you like, bundle yourself up, and you do drift off to sleep. And Asha, as you're, you're sitting there, you have a very odd experience of just having all of the time in the world to stare at not one moon, but two. And seeing the moon in the under, like, in the underdark, even the moon that your, your whole family is aware of, of Katha, it's an odd experience to get to look at it, just 
for as long as you want because there's such a limited window of time that the Catholic goes over like the crack in the ceiling of mm-hmm. the nameless city but you just get to spend hours looking at it but you also have this very strange experience of getting to look at this much smaller but very red moon that is also in the sky well little buddy I never noticed you were red <laughs> this is so cool I wonder what my parents would think get a little sad as Valkaria mumbles from beneath her blanket I wonder what Aunt Yusinda would think <laughs> and I mumble back she'd think a lot of things but we ain't gonna talk about that now go sleep <laughs> <laughs> chainsaw noises <laughs> such beautiful delicate sound um, is there anything you'd like to do while you're on watch I'd like to, I don't know, maybe not, obviously not wander away, but like mm-hmm. wander to the edge of the tree line to get an even better look. Okay. And you're, as you're standing there, you, you're staring up at the, at the moon and like you kind of like look around you to make sure you don't see any, like there's no creatures around and you don't, you don't see anything. And you're, you're staring at the moon and you notice, the first thing you notice is there's a significant size difference in between Katha, which is a very large mm-hmm. moon, um, and then this other red moon that you don't know the name of. Um, mm-hmm. It's There seems to be a lot more like feature to it, and as you stare at it, um, you did roll 23 on your perception check, so I am mm-hmm. going to apply that check to this. You stare at it, and you watch it for a very long time, and it's making a much slower arc across the sky. It is not. It will not complete its arc across the sky like by the time the sun rises. Um, but it's so far away that you don't see it during the day. At least you didn't see it earlier today. Mm-hmm. And like as you stare at it, there seems to be like when you look at Kathy, you can see if you focus on it, like different colorations to it, where you assume it's like terrain, and you mm-hmm. start to notice that on the red one as well. In that, the longer you stare at it, though, those color patterns shift locations slightly. So you're not really sure if it's rotating or what's going on there, but you do notice like a color shifting uh, on it. And I feel so inspired. I have to write all of this down so that I can tell people about it when we get home, <clears throat> if we get home. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. So, <laughs> so you start like you start writing after you like you walk around a little bit, like you start writing as you like, and you, you intend to go like write in your journal, and you have like these new pages that came in the pack from Jacinda as well, mm-hmm. and you have ink and like pens and everything. And as you turn around to like go from the edge of the tree line like back to the group, you have a weird sensation of being watched, and so you you, you just have this odd sensation that something is watching you. What would you like to do? Can I roll another perception check, or...? Yes. Go ahead. Okay. We have... 16. 16. Mm-hmm. Here. Okay. You... You take a moment to stop, kind of, like, look around, take a slow, like, turn of looking around, and as you do, you're still standing in the tree line, but you're looking now past like through the trees of our, our campsite. And on the other side, almost directly across from you, there's these two little golden eyes that are looking at you. Oh, please. Not on my watch. Not on my watch. And you hear yep. this- Friendly. You hear this n- noise. <laughs> and it's a noise you've never really heard before, but it's a 
like it's a almost a hissing noise but it's really like a breathy hissing noise and like it it does it like a couple times and as you're watching it then the the eyes just like kind of like shift back almost like they're hiding but the Ew. feeling of being watched doesn't go away much business yellow eyes go pretend we didn't see each other please nothing comes speak. from it yeah you don't mm. it doesn't like reappear or anything like that um so you're gonna go like write in your journal about the moon yes so you, you say like you start writing there's a lot of things going on about the moon and everything like that and it is probably about another hour in and i want you to give me a perception check Shiny. 18. <laughs> I love how is sleep talking. Um, 18. You get that feeling of being watched again. And it is a little, little more prevalent at this point. Like, it's a very strong feeling of being watched. And feels like it looking, got closer. Yeah. And it, the feeling of being watched is coming from behind you. And that's about the time you hear this breathy hissing noise again. Thought we talked about this, yellow eyes. Started to wonder, oh god, what's worse? <laughs> it, just... You can almost not hear the, the creature noise over Valkaria's loud <laughs> snoring. First I thought it was just like her exhale, right? Like Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like like she was having some kind of weird problems over there, but yeah. Um, but I think it you... might be time to get jazz up because <laughs> okay. I'm not gonna not gonna try and get that <laughs> one up. You reach over and like you you shake jazz awake and she wakes up. Oh, what happened? Are we okay? What happened? <laughs> I I have this weird feeling that I'm being watched, and I saw these yellow eyes earlier, and I think I I, I need someone else <laughs> to confirm oh. I'm not crazy. Okay. Uh, I love how Jazz's first reaction is what happened. Yeah. Yeah. It's a fair assumption. (laughs) It's a fair assumption. Um, She looks at you. Where did you you see them? Well, they were over there, but now I feel like they're back that way. So she turns around and she's going to do perception checks. They heard the call of their people with (laughs) Valkyria snoring. So she gets to 16. And she's and she turns around like she and she is looking and she sees these two little golden eyes, and like the light of the of Katha is like reflecting on them, and they're very close together. So like whatever creature it is, it has like a, a slim head, like she can estimate, or at least their eyes are like very close together. And Predator. She's, and she's, she's looking. Yeah, and she's she's looking at it, and she's she's gonna slowly like get up. And like she, she has her bow and she has a, uh, an arrow and she, she points at you, Asha, but she doesn't say anything, but she points at you. And then she like tells you to go around like the other side. So you're going to like try to flank it from each side. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so she's going to go to the right and she signals for you to go to the left. Mm-hmm. Okay. You're going to go to the left. Mm-hmm. I'm sneaking. Yes. Okay. Quietly. Should I do a, what's it? A stealth check? Um, you, it is watching you, so you don't have to do so much of a stealth okay. check. Do me an, a nature check to approach slow enough that it doesn't run away. Uh, six. Six? Okay. Um, you, you're starting to approach, uh, Jazara got it like a 17, and it's, 
it's starting to focus on Jazara as she's moving closer to it. You can see, like, the glow of its eyes turn, and, like, it's starting to focus on her. And just as you, like, step forward and you're getting closer to it, uh, you can't really make much of it out just because it's, like, hiding in, like, some brush and stuff like that. You can just see the see the eye shine. And you step on, like, a, a twig that breaks. And as soon as you step on that twig, it bursts, like, out of the bush and there's this creature you have never seen before, but it's uh, it's like pure white, and it's got like this this elongated neck to it, and it just hisses at you, and it it right in your face because you are much closer to it now, and it hisses at you, and it like waves its itself around, and it hiss and it's freaking the fuck out. It's not very big, it's like it's probably about a foot and a half, but it's freaking oh, it's out tiny. and it's hitting at you. And it's no. hissing at you like nobody's business. And Should it's, have brought my shield. <laughs> it's starting to freak out. It doesn't go to attack you or anything. It's just hissing at you and it turns to Jazara. It starts hissing at Jazara. And then like it turns back to you and it's got like this this a thin nick to it and it's just hissing at you and it's just it's just freaking out. This creature's just losing its mind. Guys, I'm trying to sleep. Shut up! <laughs> Quiet your earth cat! <laughs> Quiet the earth cat? Whatever the hell is hissing, shut it up. Uh, is there anything specific you want to do as this, as this creature you don't know what it is is freaking out at you? Well, first I want to hit her, but uh, we're gonna we're gonna focus on the creature. Uh-huh. Um, and I I'm gonna talk nice and quiet to it, but I'm gonna be looking at Jazz for uh, some uh, support. We should uh-huh. say, um, and. Uh, Let's see how how it's okay, baby. Do we, do we give it food? Do we give it? What do we do? What what is uh, it? Uh, I, I, I don't know. I've never seen it before. And the creature like turns its very long neck and like it looks at Jazara as she talks and and like it hisses at her. And then it turns its head back to you. And you can roll me a nature check if you'd like, or a animal handling check depending on which is better for you. Um, to uh, see. <laughs> to see if you can uh, maybe calm it down. And that's a 13. 13? Okay. Like, it it starts focusing on you a little a little more, and, like, it sees, like, your calming motions, and it's still, like, it's still hissing at you, but, and like, it's got itself, like, puffed up, and, like, it, you know, it's got all of its, its limbs, like, kind of spread out to make itself look bigger, and it's, like, puffed up, but it's mm-hmm. focusing on you now. Mm-hmm. And and it doesn't seem like it's gonna attack it. Like it hisses at you if you try to get a little closer to it, but it's not. It's not freaking out quite as much. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Uh, let's see. Um, Jazz, do you have any ideas about more than we can do the hand gestures to, to calm it down? Uh, Jazara's gonna reach in her pack and pull out like a piece of the the jerky that she has, and she's gonna try and like she she gets the creature's attention so she doesn't freak it out, and she's gonna like toss it forward, and mm-hmm. she will roll an animal handling check to see if it's interested in what she threw. Uh, that is a twelve. It this creature takes its its long neck and it kind of like looks down and then like it kind of like pokes at it a little. Um, and then, like, it kind of, like, it picks it up in its mouth, but it's staring at her, and, like, it moves away from Jazara, but as it does, it does move a little closer to you. So now it's probably, like, five feet away from you. It seems happy with the food, but mm-hmm. distrustful of those who are giving it to it. Right. Okay, are so. you good now, little baby? 
It turns Sleepy. at you and is it, it's got like food like hanging out so like, <laughs> it hisses at you some more. Alright, we're just we're just on different wavelengths here today. Um You could try and it... give me another animal handling check if you'd like to try sure. and like put it to stop freaking out so much. Got ten. Ten. Mm-hmm. So it uh this creature it finishes eating and like it starts to like back away but like it, it has turned itself when it's looking at you so now it's facing the opposite from the way it came and like it starts walking backwards away from you and it crawls like over like it walks backwards over this log that you've all been laying on and it absolutely mm-hmm. walks over Valkaria and like it keeps going <laughs> like it steps like right Guys. on her face and just keeps no, walking no. And it, it, it has now stopped and it has perched itself on top of Valkaria. It's not doing anything. It is now sitting there finishing its its food and sitting on top of Valkaria. She's gonna be real mad at us when she wakes up. You it know that, right? Like, it starts to like clean itself a little. It's just sitting oh. there. Shazara is just kind of looking at this as like she kind of has her hands <laughs> on her face. She's like, I want to wake her up, but at the same time, I don't want to wake her up. I mean, I think she'd be excited about having a little friend. Is but it I don't know. violent? It was hissing at us. What if we wake her up, she freaks out, and it, like, takes one of her eyes out. Mm. And this creature... But if you, fully, it runs just, away, and she didn't get to pet it, we're gonna be in trouble, too. What if it tries to eat her? What if it doesn't? What if For someone who was so ready to throw me into the, the, the whorehouse... Well, look, you're, she's your you're, actual you're laughing. She just has to be sarcastic to your face. Yeah, I'm just surprised you're not rolling the dice to see which way this is gonna go. We haven't gotten to the dice part yet. So, okay. it, the creature is... And I'll, I'll roll for the attitude of the creature. How's that? <laughs> the creature got a nat 20. It's real happy. It likes where it is. It is fully <laughs> sitting on top of Valkaria. It's cleaning itself. It's having a good time. It has found a nice, squishy spot to just rest. And it's it's, it's like distressfully watching uh, Jazara and uh, Asha, but it, it's happy. It's content. As far as it's concerned, it's found a lovely bed for the evening. Well, so I, can't, it, I can't blame it. It's cold. She's probably pretty warm. You know? It's got a little perch it can see. I don't know. Ugh, what do I do? And the creature if, like... And if it like... can stand that noise, <laughs> all the power to it. The creature like tucks its head in and it, it's gonna go to sleep. It's happy. Oh my god. <laughs> um, okay. I mean, let sleeping long neck things lie, maybe? For n- and, and just watch it so that it doesn't maul our friend to death? I really hope it moves before she wakes up, but mm-hmm. at the same time, okay, I guess. I mean, I'll stay up and watch it. But, like I'm gonna be able to sleep with this happening. I mean, okay. If we wake her up, how do we do it so she doesn't freak the fuck out? I mean, honestly, going close to her is not gonna not gonna do it. You know, does anybody know a spell? The to... <laughs> um, Jazara. Voices. Jazara is gonna. She's gonna say, "I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do something. I'm gonna. I'm gonna." I'm going to give something a shot and she's going to take one of her arrows and she's going to turn it around so she's holding like the actual like pointy part of it and the little feathers on the end she's going to get like as far as the way she can 
from Valkyria, and she's gonna reach her arrow over with the little feathery part, and she's gonna tickle Valkyria's nose with the feather on the end of the arrow. Like maybe, maybe I could get her to like just, just slightly, just slightly wake up. I am going to roll a sleight of hand check to make sure she doesn't smack you in the face with it. We'll find out enough. Okay. Okay. It's a fourteen. Like it, it like kind of bumps in your face a little, but like it, it she doesn't smack you with it, and like you feel this little. Uh, this little feather, and you can, uh, Valkari, you can roll a perception check with disadvantage because you are asleep. Is there a disadvantage part? No, you just, you'll roll okay. 2d20s and take the lower number. Okay. I'll take the lower number? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's two. Two. The other one a was grand, a 15. A grand total of, of, of a two, you, you don't, you don't feel it, you don't feel anything. Um, you don't you don't wake up. Uh I am dead asleep. Yep. Jazara just kinda look at it looking at uh uh Asha and she's like Okay. Back up Poker. Poker. And so Poker. she will and she's gonna take the end of this arrow and kinda like poke it at your ear and see if she can get you to wake up that way. And you can give me another perception check at disadvantage. One. Both times. Two natural ones? Yeah. Yeah. I am out cold. <laughs> You're good. Look at like you just fucking asleep. You dead to the world. Like, <laughs> like she normally look a little dead, but now you're starting to question like, holy shit, did you freeze to death? You're both starting to get a little concerned at this point. Like, oh, okay. She doesn't know a creature sleeping on her. She doesn't notice getting whacked in the face with an arrow. Is she dead? Like, Jazara looks at Ash. Is she okay? Is she alive? Like, and, like, she's still snoring, so she's not dead. Comatose? Maybe. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Unless you got any other ideas. I, Tap I her know, horn. Tap her horn. <laughs> clap, clap, clap. Oh, okay. So Jazara, she's gonna put the arrow back. Like, it's not working. She takes her bow out, and she's just gonna just <laughs> tap. I said, I said tap. I didn't say smash. <laughs> What do you want from me? This is not working! Surprise! none of you have thought of the idea of trying to steal my shiny, because I'm pretty sure I'm in tune with that thing. We'd have to get There's too close to the There's a creature sleeping on top of you <laughs> that we don't know what it is. Too close so, to, too close to the is, is going to poke you now instead with her whole ass bow and just kind of like, just tap you with it. And uh, you can roll another perception check with disadvantage. You know what? Let's make it a straight roll. No disadvantage because a bow is heavy. Two. That's it. No, that, you asleep. That's it. You asleep. She's asleep. She's either dead or she's asleep. Like that's okay. what. I'm well, it looks like we're gonna have to. We, we're just gonna have to let her do what she's gonna do, Jazz. Yeah. And we have that's... to make the thing move. Good night, Asha. You can go to bed because that I, it's not gonna move, and she's not gonna wake up. So I'm not fucking touching it. And it's like me in real life. <laughs> and I'm just sitting there. And the creature wrapped for in the a blanket. Record, yeah. It looks happy. Looks just it's asleep. It's content. It hasn't moved through any of this. It rolled a natural fucking 20. That is the happiest creature you've ever fucking seen. And she rolled two natural fucking ones. <laughs> yes, she did. Yes, she did. Like, holy shit. Like all you needed was like a 10, girl. Like you didn't fucking need no. much. These, but, okay. are, these both of them are offsetting penalties. I, <laughs> I'm just going to curl up in my blanket and pretend this is not happening. Yep. 
and like Ashley, you kind of like curl up to go to sleep, but you're just staring directly yeah. at Valkyrie <laughs> and the creature. Whether you get any more sleep or not is is it's only the gods know. But uh, Jazara just kind of sits there and she kind of like stares at at the the creature and Valkaria the whole night. The creature doesn't move. The creature's happy. It doesn't move. It's for the record. It's probably about two two and a half feet like long. Um, maybe like a foot and a half wide. Um, but it's just, it's just sitting there. It's having a good time. So, um, the sun eventually does rise, stars fade. And, um, Asha, you wake up, there's still a creature sleeping on Valkaria. <laughs> and, uh, very slowly, Valkaria, you begin to wake up for the morning. And as you wake up, there is absolutely something sitting on your chest. Oh, hi, little buddy. How long have and you the, been there? The creature, like, kind of, like, takes its, its head out from where, where it had tucked it, and its face is now very close to your face, because it is a very long neck, and its face is, like, a couple inches from your face, and it just looks at you, and straight into the middle of your eyes, just pecks you once, right in the middle of the eyes, and then it's Ow! Just, what was that for? You hungry? And it... I just, like, scratch it under its, like, chin. No, that makes the other, the us two sit up straight and go, oh, shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, the, both uh, Jazara and uh, Asha are fully watching you. Asha, uh, like, probably a little terrified, and then uh, Jazara does have her bow in her hand, but, like, not pointed at anything. Um, She's just ready. Yeah, she is just, she is just ready. Um, and there's just this creature. It's not heavy. Like, it doesn't, it it is a large-ish creature, but it it's not heavy as it's sitting on you. Like it didn't wake you up when it sat on you. It it didn't it didn't do anything. Well, nothing can, can woke I, her the fuck up. So yeah. Can I and, roll an animal handling check and just like start scratching it under its chin? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> One. Again. This oh, it. So you roll a one. It does not like it. Doesn't something about what you've done is has displeased it. Maybe you scratched it in the wrong spot or whatever. It hisses at you very loudly. It gets up and now it walks over uh, to Asha and it plops down right in front of Asha. I'm so sorry. Come back. Come back. We weren't friends last night. And I, I, hello, uh, Asha. Go ahead and roll me an animal handling check. Sure. I've got five plus three. so eight. Eight. It kind of looks at, uh, it looks at Valkaria, it looks at Asha, it kind of, like, like, wiggles itself a little, like, it's displeased at everything that's happening, it's a little, like, a uh, little huffing noise, and it turns around, and it, uh, it walks off into the brushes in which it came. Uh, okay, bye! And Do you want to be my friend? Jazara's gonna get up, and she's gonna, like, see if she can see it, and... Was that thing sleeping on me all night? Yes. Absolutely. Yes. It showed up okay. in the middle of the night, uh, sat on you, and would not leave. Okay. Um, we tried to wake gets... you up multiple Oh, you did? Times. Multiple. I smacked you with my bow in the face, and you didn't do anything. Really? Damn. Yes. Right. Like, you, we honestly tried multiple times to wake you up, and it's just nothing. Just absolutely nothing. And Jazara goes over to, like, where it went, and it's just bowling on. It is fully. There's not even tracks in the snow. Like, it is just gone. Bye. And Zara just kind of looks tracks? at the both of you. No, there's no tracks. Uh, and Zara uh, just kind of. Well, actually, you know what, Asha? Go ahead and roll me a. Um, 
You can roll me a perception check or a survival, either one, and you can look for tracks. Okay. Uh, fifteen. Fifteen. Um, because it was it was sitting like right in front of you, and you look down. There are tracks like in the ground. There's only two. It's like it just plopped itself here, and then hovered off. But I mm-hmm. thought it was walking. Was it a ghost? I really hope the surface doesn't have ghost creatures. And Jazara just looks like it is the very beginning of the day, and Jazara already looks tired. She's just it's like, oh. Kind of wish I was awake for this that night. We I, tried! It wasn't without effort, I promise. It was definitely not without effort. Um. So, you guys can go, like, you go and you, like, pack up your camp a little reluctantly and a little slowly, constantly, like, looking over your shoulder at where the creature came from. But, uh, you you do, like, keep looking, but you pack up your stuff and everything. You, like, grab a couple of, like, extra, like, dry twigs in case you don't find any more in the future. And everybody can give me a survival check to figure out where the hell you're going. 18. 11. Alright, and Jazara got a 14. Once again, uh, Asha is leading the way of where we're going, and uh, and it helped too, like, Asha, as you were at night, for what little time you did get a look at the moon before the weird (laughs) creature showed up, uh, you were able to, like, track, like, the path of the moon, which helped you orient yourself, like, with the directions and everything like that. Um, And you point us all off in the direction of where we're headed. So we're all headed... uh, West once again, and to start our day off, everybody can roll me a constitution saving throw to start with. Uh, 16. Constitution saving throw. Seven. Seven? Uh, uh, Sorry. Sorry. Um, uh, let's see, um, you rolled last time. Both of you rolled last time, so now it's Jazara's turn to, or my turn to roll for the environment of the day. All right, a whole twelve. Um, as you guys are walking, it's it's been a couple hours. Uh, Valkaria specifically, you're really just starting to get cold, and like your your boots are wet, your pants are are wet from the snow, and it's it's hitting you harder than you think probably the other two at this point. My toes um, are froze, and my nose is froze, and my horns are froze, and my tail is froze. I want out of this! And it is, you do start to, to slow down a bit, um, but as you guys are, are walking, you hear a sound off in the distance, and it, it sounds like a, a, a deep yell, like a very deep yelling sound. And as you look off to the west, you do see, uh, it, it's pretty far, like I, I would say probably more than 500 yards away from you. Uh, but there's four creatures and uh, make me a perception check to see if you can figure out what the hell is going on. Great. wonder if it's that, well, maybe that thing can do more than hiss. It's a whole horde of them. Watch. 21. Uh, it's right. a 16 plus 5, not an actual. There's no time. Okay. Um, Asha, as you look at, it, these, at these creatures, they are bipedal much bigger than whatever the hell was on uh, Valkaria last night. And, uh, and so, like, you look at them, and they, you can identify them as a group of, uh, uh, frost giants. They are, you know, from, 
Yeah, frost giants. You do, they're huge creatures. You estimate anywhere like 10 to 15 feet in a variety uh, of the four creatures. And um, you would know, Asha, from your studies that these are not known for being friendly creatures. Of course they're not. Bogey's yeah. inbound. Bogey's uh, inbound. So Jazara's going to grab both of you and she's going to like like push you down a little closer to the snow. Um, and she says, let's watch them and see where they go and what they do. We don't want to attract their attention. There's more of them than there are of us. And they're huge. I've encountered one before on one of my patrols. They don't go down easy. I'd much prefer if we don't have to fight them at all. Let's just see if they if they move on. You have me face first in the snow. Shh. You shush. Shh. The light lighter when you're alive. Shh. Um, and uh, everybody can go ahead if you all agreed on the idea of hiding. Mm -hmm. Um. You can go ahead and roll me a stealth check. 16. 14. Okay. Um, Jazara got an 11. Um, you guys are, like, hunkered down in the snow. It is a group check, and as a group, you did pass. Um, and you watch these frost giants go, and they seem to be going further south away from you, and, and eventually they do move far enough away that you know, even if they did see you, like, there's so much distance, you don't think they would come after you. So, everybody... Can I get up now? I think it's safe. Slowly, quietly, but yes. Just don't, uh, just don't do any magic or anything that'll attract a lot of attention to us. It, it, do you do magic in this moment, Valkaria? Hmm? Do you do magic in this moment? You were waving your hands. I was getting all the snow off of me. Okay. Just, in a very just, animated manner. Just checking. I've got some. I've got some enemy dice here, and I was like, hmm. <laughs> Let's see. I mean, I'm very tempted to use my burning hands to just kind of warm myself up, but uh, you said no magic, so. And I don't want to die now. That's fair. Um. So you guys kind of you you do hunker like in the snow for a little while. It's uncomfortable to like be in the snow, but Valkaria specifically, the the short rest that you guys do does. It is appreciated, just so you're not trudging through snow for a moment. It does give you a moment to, like, catch your breath again. So you are... Because if you get two below ten uh, constitution saving throws, I'm going to give you a level of exhaustion. But taking this break helps you uh, deal with that, so... Um, you know, with how much I really detest this snow right now, I'm... I'd much rather take on an army of elithids than deal with this. Mm. Uh... I'm that gonna, is how much I don't like it. I don't, I'm gonna pass on that, and I'm gonna yeah. just and uh, uh, Jazara. She gets up, like she's dusted the snow off of her, and uh, she's going to hand you one of the mushroom rations that she has, which is a red mushroom that it's dried, but it's one of the uh, the fire mushrooms, and it is warm if you eat it. Sweet, sweet heat. <laughs> nom, 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 nom. <laughs> I like to think Valkaria makes that noise as she eats. Like, <laughs> like chomp, 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 chomp. It, it's At been least... a minute, all right? I need to replenish my heat, and that just helped. You know, and, and like, and sitting in the snow, heat. sitting in the snow does, like, it does give you guys a, a little bit of a short break. Um, but as you guys trudge forward, I um, every, want everybody to give me a constitution saving throw, and then uh, Valkaria can roll me just a straight d20. With a constitution saving throw? 
No. Uh, no, you're, you're separate. Just, okay. So just a d20? Yeah, you can go ahead and start with just that. What is the number you get straight on the die? 18. 18? Great. Okay. I got 15. And, okay. And uh, Valkyrie, what's your constitution saving throw? Uh, 21. 21? Fantastic. Um, as you hit over a 20, you don't have to worry about um, and uh, getting a level of exhaustion. Especially because, like, you have to fail twice in a row. Okay. To get a level of exhaustion. And you actually... That fire, uh, like, mushroom that you ate is really... It's really helping. You're feeling a lot better. It's Your limbs are starting to thaw out. And you... It does help. And the snow is not nearly as bad as it was a couple hours ago. Um, and as you do that, and you're in... You guys are trudging through the snow. Who at this point in the day, you're probably a couple hours past noon at this point. Who is in the lead? I'm going to go with you. <laughs> okay, that's fine. I have another question. Can I breathe fire? Uh, no. Damn it. Okay. Not a, not a dragon, unfortunately. Damn it. <laughs> um, you notice that the terrain at this point starts to change. It's not so much flat, open tundra. is as it is more and more gatherings of trees. You're coming upon large groups of trees to the point that you're starting to walk through them. You're, you want you started to walk around a couple of them, but they just started getting so large. You just started to cut your path right through um, the trees. And as you're walking through and you don't really see anything going on and the, the trees get denser and thicker and closer together until it's almost like a wall of trees and you're like picking your way through crunching on snow and snow turns into like a lot of roots and snow and as you're picking your way through them as you step through an area of these trees you come upon a very surprising scene in that as you to your left is a gravestone and I want you all to make a perception check for me. What is that doing here? Like a bad omen. Seriously. 14. 15. And when <laughs> Jazara got a 13, so... <laughs> mm. uh, as you look at this gravestone, you kind of look around and you notice mm. there's another one probably about 10 feet uh, a little ways away from it forward. And, and that's two... And like, is, are you gonna like walk through like from one to the other? You, you know, like, I'm already walking through. Oh yeah, yeah. and as yeah. uh, Valkyrie, as you go forward, there's another one, a little further forward. It's how three. And you look around some more, and there's like a couple more to the left. You see another one to the right, and you keep progressing forward. Or do you want to inspect? Guys, it's a whole ass cemetery here. And as you're walking through, I'm assuming you're just, you're just gonna keep like walking through it, maybe exploring a little. Mm-hmm. You wanna poke things you... with my staff. <laughs> is there anything specific you'd like to do as you walk through this graveyard? Um, uh, I was gonna kneel down and try and read some of the headstones. Sure. Dust some of the snow yeah. off and try and read. Um, um, any particular one, like the first one, further one, just any random one. Um, one of the, any random one, yeah. Okay. Just, I'll just kneel down in front of it and try and try and read it brush off the, the okay. uh, stone with my gloves and I'm trying to get it in and I can just barely make out the writing. Can I make a investigation check and just see if there's anything around here? Sure. Or like in Go the ahead. in the dirt, in the whatever. Just sure. Or yeah. Is that what I should be doing too or should I um, be doing? You can give me a um, 
give me a perception check to make out what's written on the stone. Okay. I got a natural 20. Ooh. Which puts me up to 22. All right. I got 19. 19. You both did really well. We'll start with um, Asha. As you're looking at this grave, um, it it's very, it doesn't look like it's super old. It is worn and weathered a little bit here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, the dates on it tell you that it was uh, an older person who had passed away um, probably of what you estimate about 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, it the name on it is Elforn uh, Elforn Silent Hammer, which surprises you. Guys, guys, this is a silent hammer grave. What the hell's a silent hammer doing on the surface? Maybe Jazara... some of them didn't come down here. Come down to us. Jazara comes in like she looks over and she's like, that's really surprising, but maybe there were dwarves who lived here on the surface? I guess maybe not. I mean, I heard that the Silent Hammer family was an old family, like before they came to the to the Nameless City. Like, not like they ever let any of us forget it. Uh, <laughs> but maybe there's some of them who've still lived here. Which and, means that yeah. people can actually survive up here. Yeah, those dates are pretty recent, aren't they, Asha? Like. By all by all guesses, I mean unless they completely change their their dating system, it looks like it's wouldn't you say about twenty years? That's well, that's a good sign. It might be the first good sign we've gotten since we've been up here. Unless they were exiled. But then and we would have buried them. The exiling point is a good point because Valkaria, if anybody's going to know about exiling people, it would be you. Um, because considering who your dad is. Um Exiling has happened before. It has happened uh, only that you are aware of on four separate occasions throughout the entire history of the Nameless City. Uh, the last one was about 150 years ago. Um, you do know that dwarves do live a very long time. And about 150 years ago, there were three people who were exiled for a, what their crimes were. You can roll me a history check and we'll see if you know what that is. Fourteen. Fourteen. You're not entirely sure of the specifics of what they were exiled for, but you know there was one silent hammer, and then there were two of the crystal catchers, and that they were all exiled. Uh, You're not entirely sure. Do I know the name of the silent hammer, or no? No. Um, You do know that they were exiled. uh, It was, you know, it wasn't for like murder or anything like Mm -hmm. that. You're not entirely sure what it was. Um, but you do know there was three of them and it was about 150 years ago. So. Okay. Um, Let's check some of the other graves to see if, if anything else lines up with some with people we know. I mean, if sure. we find some of the crystal catchers, then I'm gonna have to put two and two together. But, uh, and, uh, continue. And for your investigation role, as you're, you're like, you're digging around, you're looking a little, like you're clearing some snow away from uh, things and you notice on these gravestones they get more recent the further forward that you go the for- further west that you go oh. so they're getting more and more recent um, and like the Closer shapes to of the, the encampment okay yeah what you as- you assume because you can't see anything really beyond the trees that are very thick it's mm-hmm. very overgrown but you think as you look at these graves that the- it is a tradition of these people to try and put these uh, gravestones 
where they're not going to get buried under a lot of snow. So you have to put them in this tree area. Um, okay. Because if anyone had, one wanted to visit them, like, they would be mostly buried in snow on most of the year. So they putting them in to, or all of the year, really. And so putting them around these trees, you can tell that, like, it's probably made for the purposes of people being able to visit them. Um, most of them seem to be uh, either dwarven or elvish uh, names with a couple of humans sprinkled here and there. Um, you don't find any other silent hammers. Um as you as you're like investigating these, you do find two crystal catcher names though, and they're probably about ten feet away from the silent hammer one. How old do these crystal catcher tombs look? Tombs, tombstones. Little, they, slightly more recent than the silent hammer. They look older than the silent hammer one. Like the silent hammer one, the date for death is about twenty years ago. Um, the crystal catcher one is older than that because but you would know both of you would know uh gnomes don't live as long as dwarves do oh. so they it is they are older graves they are they look like they were probably kept in the general same vicinity uh and you have to assume based on your knowledge of where they came from that maybe they were kept that way on purpose because they knew each other um but uh they are probably about it, the graves for the crystal catch is probably about 50 years older 40 50 years older than that of the uh, silent hammer so but uh, there's there's no other crystal catcher names no other silent hammer names just those three that are there okay is there anything other specific things you'd like to do as you look around the grave well, I'm guessing the if there's newer graves here there must be people nearby yeah we want to try and Find well, that, today? that's that would be good for us. Uh, why don't we start heading through here and like uh, in the direction we were going? And mm -hmm. I'm assuming you guys start heading back west. And as you walk, you know you're seeing new graves. You stop, you check them, and everything like that. And you're you're very occupied with the graves themselves and uh, trying to read them. They get more and more recent. There's a couple from like just five years ago, three years ago. A um, couple of here and there. A couple of rows might uh, have several families, and like you, they're all the same last name. So you assume that even though the years are different, like maybe this is a family-like area mm -hmm. that people have claimed. Um, and as you're looking through these, and you're you're preoccupied with them, you walk out into a clearing, and as you look up, you are in the middle of a funeral. There are several people all standing around in front of what is a clearly very freshly dug grave and there are a lot of uh, people who are now absolutely staring at you they're all dressed in dark colors not all of them are dressed in black but they're dressed in what they somber colors somber colors the their outfits are, are worn around the edges they're all very heavy cloaks and coats and boots and it looks like they dress in their darkest colors, but their most efficient colors as well, they're like clothes. So there wasn't a, a huge effort to be made by what they're wearing. Um, but there's probably about six or seven people standing there um, in front of this grave. There's somebody standing on the other side of it. Um, an elderly uh, gentleman is standing on the other side of the grave and he looks like he was in the middle of giving a speech. Oh, jeez. This and, is a little awkward. And all of you just kind of stand there, and these people are staring at you, and... We're staring old, at them. <laughs> this old man, um, he's an older elf man, and he kind of looks at the party, then he just looks back down at the grave, and he 
picks up where he left off. <laughs> um, as which... the diplomatic one, I would say we uh, kind of stand here. Let's let the, let the service go through and then not necessarily mingle, but try not catch to... Catch up later. Yeah, we'll catch up later. Yeah. Yeah, and Jazara like, takes a step back, like, in closer to the, the tree line a little. Not so that she's hidden, but, like, so a respectful distance away from the right. funeral that all of you just waltz right into unknowingly. Mm-hmm. So sorry. Mm-hmm. And the, uh, the elderly gentleman doesn't even look like it phased him. He just, he just looks, he has his hands crossed in front of him. Um, and you hear, like, this, like, deep, raspy voice as he says, Here lies Ergon Wynth, an honorable dwarf, who explored more of Isilcross and ventured further into the ruins of Aeor than any of us here have ever done before. Our town may be small, but you, Urgon, made it feel grand with your boisterous personality and the strength of your heart. You will be missed, old friend. And I want everybody to make me a perception check at that point. 15. 15. 15. Uh, I'm sorry, I got a 16. Um, you hear faint, like, sc- a scoff from one of the people <laughs> as, oh as, as he says that this this man who has died will be missed. It's not super loud, but considering nobody else is talking, there's no other noise, it is, it is audible. The elderly gentleman, he doesn't acknowledge it in any way. Um, and as this is this funeral like comes to a close, a couple of people like stand up, like walk next to the grave. Nobody seems to like say anything, uh, but most people at that point fully just start. They don't even they don't care that you're there. Like they don't want to acknowledge you. Um, but the elderly gentleman, however, does look up and like looks directly at all of you, and uh, he's going to start making his way towards you. <laughs> Anything uh, specific you'd like to do as he approaches you? Madam Diplomat. Madam Diplomat, I was trained for this. Um, No, I mean, I'm just going to stand there with my hands, like, clasped in front of me in a very uh, non-threatening manner. Okay. Kind of inviting, you know, just, hi. So sorry to interrupt. Okay. Um, Yeah, and he, he, like, it takes him a minute. He's very, he's kind of slow. He's a very, like, old, uh, elderly man as he walks up to you. And he looks at you and he's like, Thank you for attending the service. Did you know, uh, my friend? It was a lovely service. And I am unfortunate to say that we did not know your friend, rest his soul. Uh, we and, like, just he happened kind of upon looks here. up and down. Like, he looks all of you up and down at that point. Uh, you are not from around here, I take it. <laughs> no, we are not. We are very new to the surface. Ah, that's... And he kind of, like, he really stares at you at this point. And this man is a... He's an elderly man, but he he's an elf. You can tell by his point mm-hmm. of ears. It's like he turns... Uh, and you know elves live for a really fucking long time. So you know that this man really must be ancient. Like, he really must be old if he looks this old and is an elf. Um, his, he wears, like, some leather uh, armor. It's faded with age and time, and it's worn and quite a few places but he does he still holds himself as somebody who Mm -hmm. has a lot of experience of being out 
in the environment and in the world and just in life in general. And uh, he, he looks at you and he says, you know, and like his eyes, his, they don't narrow or anything like that. He just really focuses on you for a moment as, as he focuses on your outfits and what you've said. He says, you know, I think you should come with me. I will show you my village. I, and he I reaches would, a hand out to shake your hand. I would be honored, sir. I am uh, Elro, Elro Aldatar, and I am the founder of Pelbank Village, the uh, place you have found yourselves in today. Greetings, sir. Uh, I am Valkaria Nykor, daughter of the daughter and heiress of the Dragonite Syndicate of the Nameless City. My companions are my two best friends, Asha Kel, Moonweaver, and Jazara Talina. And he, and he nods, and as he, as you say that about, like, where you're from, like, you're the heir of the city, um, roll me an inside check. Everybody? Uh, no, just Val. Okay. What's the P that's next to it on our, um, uh, on our sheets? That, uh, you have, uh, an insight, you have, oh, you have a proficiency, that's why your number for that is higher. Okay. Nope. What'd you get? 17. 17? Okay. Um, you look at him, and as you say where you're from and everything like that, it doesn't seem to mean anything to him. Like, that, that doesn't register with him at, at all. Like, there is no recognition in his face whatsoever when you say that. And he, he just nods at you, but you, you do think it's more of an acknowledgement of what you said rather than yeah. of that having any meaning to you. So, um, uh, he, he says, you look like you've journeyed for quite some time. And I bet you could use a warm place to rest. That would be of the utmost appreciation, sir. Uh, I am not accustomed to the cold. And he uh, chuckles at that. And he's like, ah, it is, uh, it's a little chilly today. As he looks around and like all of the snow that's everywhere. Just, just today. Just just today. It's, a, it's all right. You've caught us in a good season. I can only hope that it gets better from here. Uh, and then, like, he kind of, like, pats your shoulder. <laughs> if you stay and you stick around, you'll find out. And uh, he slowly turns and slowly begins to make his way, like, out of the graveyard. And uh, do you follow? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, I, I will um, follow in line with him. So I'm walking next to him as I'm making conversation and trying to gain more information about where we are, how long sure. the city's been around. Okay. Um, is, oh, he says... I founded Pale Bank uh, many, many years ago. So long ago, I quit keeping track, really. Uh, I was an adventurer once, and he kind of like stands a little proud, you know, straighter at that. And uh, I adventures all across these tundras. It, it was fun for a time, but well, the tundra gets gets to be a bit of a harsh mistress after a while. You know, like he kind of like pats uh, his leg, which you notice, like, he has a slight limp to it. And, uh, he says, you know, I I got tired of the adventuring life, and I eventually decided to settle down and uh, try to build something, and people started to come and join me, and we are a village now of 150 strong. That's a lovely village, sir. I'm sure that you and my friend Jazara would have plenty to talk about and compare adventure stories as she too is an adventurer ah, and, and he, he turns and he looks at Jazara and he like and he, and he nods 
And, uh, you know, like, and he looks over, like, Asha and Jazara, and he, and he turns his focus back onto you as you're still talking. Um, I would offer services, sir, to heal the ache in your leg. Our, you know, Asha here is a wonderful healer, and it would be a pleasure as a, as a free, you know, gift, whatever, just because you're being so kind and letting us stay in your village. And uh, at that, Asha, you can go ahead and roll me an insight check. In fact, both of you can, because you're both watching him at that point, and just are a little Eleven. <clears throat> uh, fourteen. Okay. Uh, Jazara rolled a natural 20. Um, as she's looking at him, uh, he gets a little more serious when he's mentioned healing capabilities, and he, like, focuses in on Asha, and uh, he gives her a more thorough regard as he as he looks at her. And he, and he kind of, like, nods at you. He doesn't really say anything. He just nods at you, and, he, and he's like, I do believe we will have much to discuss. And uh, you come into... You've left the graveyard, you've left the forest, and uh, as the trees part, you can see a little ways ahead of you is a collection of these little houses. And they're, they're not very big, they're just, these little houses are made of uh, wood and stone, and uh, it's got a few buildings here and there, there's snow on all of the, the building tops and everything. And um, it is very small, but it is quaint. It's by and it's by water. It's a it is down. in in the in the past uh, in like far past the city, like you can or city the village. Uh, you can get the sense of the smell of the uh, sea in the air, and just barely you can see uh, docks in the in the far distance as you get closer and start walking into the city itself. And uh, he points out, yeah, yeah, we have uh, a, a decent fishing trade here with the other island across the way. So it's uh, our most our most profitable uh, trade. There isn't much to trade up here. So, and he kind of chuckles. He's looking around at the handful of buildings that are around you. And we, uh, at, we look forward to tasting all the delicacies of your village. And he pats you, like, on the shoulder, and he's like, you are very clever. I like you. <laughs> and, uh... I was raised by the best, sir. And he, he smiles at you and says, I bet you were, young lady. I bet you were. <laughs> and, uh, you are led to a two-story inn made of stone. It has very small windows to keep out the cold and a thatched roof covered in snow like the rest of the little town. Um, outside is what looks like a clothesline, uh, but instead of laundry, hangs several fish. But there's a, a laundry line of fish, which definitely look like in multiple levels of frozen. Um, and you do get the impression as you look at them, if it wasn't for the extreme cold, it would smell something truly awful. <laughs> uh, we all like herring. <laughs> pretty, yeah, like there, there looks like a similar collection of fish that are hanging off there. Um, Elro, he leads you through a pair of heavy oak doors, and as you push them open, you're immediately met with a second set of closed doors, um, and Elro will turn to you, and he says, uh, you know, if you, uh, make any kind of, like, interest in noise, in fact, you walk through doors to meet another set of doors, he says, <laughs> and he says, you can leave your cloaks here, we leave them here, that way they don't get inside of the, the building proper with any of the snow and uh, it keeps the heat in and uh, he pats the very thick 
wooden doors. And uh, as you, like, you hang your cloaks out to dry and everything like that, and maybe tap your boots off from the snow, and uh, as he pushes, Elro pushes past the uh, second set of doors, you step into a wave of warmth that washes over you. It is so so nice. It is so inviting, and it, it just thaws the tundrous chill from your bones, and it for a moment you just stand there and you want to melt because this is the first warmth you've had in quite some time at this point. Oh, it's so nice. It's just, it's amazing. You can feel my fingers. <laughs> you start I can to take feel off my hellfire. Like, you start to take off like gloves and things like that. The extra things you had like bundled around yourselves. The inside is an inviting interior of wood and shades of green with like plush woven rugs that lay along the floor. Um, and there's a long like uh, tap room with a bar on the far right side. Round tables are scattered here and there with like a heavy oaken uh, staircase that leads to a second floor off to the left. There's a large fireplace that sits in the center. And uh, there's a few people. There's a uh, person behind the bar. There also seems to be a family of uh, off to the side. Um, but as you enter and you walk into the room, a gray-haired dwarf male uh, who is sat on a stool behind the bar, he greets you cheerfully as you enter. And uh, he's, he's specifically looking at uh, Elro, and he says, Oh, Elro, how was the funeral? Is that, again, I am so sorry I couldn't make it. And as he says that, he props his whole ass leg up onto the like the bar, and you can see where it's bandaged and like there's a splint to it. Um, but uh, he's fully just got his foot like up there, and uh, and he just kind of like leans forward to like rest his knee on his leg that is now just like up there for everybody to see. And uh, and Elro chuckles, oh, it was it was quite all right. I found some friends. I would love to introduce you to him. And then um, the dwarf just seems to get uh, a little more cheerful and like perks up and does put his leg back down. Uh, and uh, as you're all like walking up there, these two little children run past you. And one of them, Valkaria, runs right into your leg. And as you look down, you notice that these are two tiefling children. And they look oh. up at you and they like they're very small. They look like they're about at five or six. And one of them, and they're like these two little girls, and uh, one of them is blue, and uh, and she's got like bright, like golden eyes, and the other one is like a very, uh, like a lilac shade of purple, and uh, she has very like deep uh, green eyes, and in very, honestly, cutesy sounding uh, infernal, which is the language of like the depths of hell, which is a <laughs> harsh sounding language, but the way she talks to you in very broken, cute childish infernal it sounds adorable and she's like oh you're so pretty and like she tugs on your on your uh cloak that you're wearing hello little ones you Hi. yourselves are very pretty they're like you speak infernal and like the other one like grabs on the other side of your cloak and starts talking in even more like broken infernal and they're just so excited just to like see you and they just get really excited as they're like rapid fire talking with each other in uh in strange but adorable sounding infernal because they aren't making full sentences because you get right. the impression that they don't know enough infernal to infernal. Like make full sentences but uh they are just so excited and they're hanging off of you and they like they trade who's tugging on you uh back my little forth. demons what are your names uh the one that's purple and she says my name is magic 
And she Ooh. says that in uh, common. You do notice she says that in common. And then the other one, the smaller one, uh, tells you that uh, my name is Honor. Magic and Honor. What strong names. Thank you. And then one of them, uh, Honor, she like takes back off and you see uh, two uh, human men that are sitting over there in at the table who are having like tea and they seem to just be enjoying like a nice meal. Uh, she runs up to one of them and like wraps her arms around them. And you hear her say in common, like, Papa, she's like us. She's like us. Papa. <laughs> and then, then uh, uh, both of the men turn and then they look at you and like they wave. And uh, Magic at this point has run off and she's like talking to uh, her other parent at that point. And uh, they're just like rapid fire talking. <laughs> like it's moved from talking about you from what you can gather of what they're saying. Because it's a mixture of like common and infernal and, it is, and just gibberish of right young children uh it goes from talking about you to talking about a toy to just talking about magic <laughs> in general and then just talking about just like rapid fire toys and then like an adventure and then suddenly they're playing a game childish wonderment starts happening over there and um one of the uh the humans uh waves at you and uh as he's listening to his daughters just like just go and just keep talking and keep talking and uh, Elro chuckles and he says, oh, to be young and filled with enjoyment for life. And he says, sit down and he like slams his hand, his old withered hand onto the counter. And he's just like, have a seat. And he looks at the uh, barkeep and says, a drink for my new friends, please. And he puts a, uh, Elro puts a handful of coins on the counter. And uh, he leans a little further on the counter and he says, and I do believe possibly a place to stay for these young ladies. I do believe they probably could use it. We very much could. Jazara, very much appreciate Jazara says we would definitely appreciate both the room and any knowledge you had to spare on where we are. Mm -hmm. He says, ah, you are very much not from here. No. And, uh, uh, and he says, well, perhaps I can help you, but I have a question. And he looks at Asha and says, your lovely friend here, as he gestures to Valkaria, says, said you had a healing capabilities. Is that true? I do. And I see a potential project for me right now. And he says, oh, he says, I'm, I'm fine. It's aged and even the best of magics cannot fight that. And, uh, and he says, and I've earned each of these scars, I promise you. And he gives you like, just like a mischievous grin as he does it. And uh, he says, actually, I, I wanted to discuss with you because I do believe you coming to Ergon's funeral is not a coincidence. I Pray tell more. He was a friend of mine and he was an old friend of mine, but he was not necessarily as well liked by the rest of the village. And you can see like the barkeep just kind of like snort just just <laughs> a little bit. And uh, and Elrond just, he ignores it. He doesn't even, uh, he doesn't even <laughs> pay any attention. And uh, he says, my friend died because of an illness, but it wasn't a normal illness. He, and he, he kind of sits back the, for a moment mm -hmm. and uh, he says, about two months ago, Ergon uh, went exploring Isocross on the main island across the way. And uh, it, he was there for quite some time. He was gone for about six months, which is longer than his expeditions usually last. He tends to come back every 
every other month or so. Uh, mm. But when he came back, he was he was different. He his reactions were slower. He moved a lot slower. It was quite strange. Uh, and eventually, he turned. He started to turn shades of blue, and he wouldn't talk to me about it until right towards the end. And I went to visit him, and I found out he had been inf infected with something while he was in Isilcross that was slowly freezing him to death from the inside out. He slowly froze and turned into a block of ice. It, it wasn't like someone who had just been left out into the elements to freeze. He froze solidly, and we had healers come the village healers that we don't have much, but they tried and they couldn't find anything to do. No amount of putting him in front of a fire, feeding him hot drinks or soups or anything seemed to help. We even called for healers across the, across the way to the island across from us. And no one could do anything to slow it down, to stop it. And eventually he froze to death and died. Oh, how terrible. Have you heard of anything like this? Asha, any of your readings? You can make a uh, medicine check if you'd like. Let me do that. Fifteen. So this is not an illness that you've you've heard of, but you know that it sounds magical in nature. This is definitely mm -hmm. not something that's natural. It is uh, a strange occurrence that could only be brought on by some type of magic. Um, you wouldn't know really what kind of magic but you assume that if they couldn't heal it through natural ways uh, it was probably powerful magic at the very least mm -hmm. did he describe the nature of what he came into contact with in any way well we assumed that it had to do with something he encountered while he was exploring the ruins of Aeor the ruins and, of Aeor um, <laughs> Yeah, like the ruins of the Hundred Acre Woods. <laughs> um, yes, this is all uh, original content, PayPal. Of course. They, we're going on an adventure to save Pooh Bear. <laughs> the bear deserves to be saved. Pants or no. Um, and it is spelled A-E-O-R. Perfect. Thank you. Um, it, he came across... Quite a, few, quite a few things. He brought some things back with him as well. Nothing that uh, I particularly saw. I anything he found, he either traded, or sold, or kept to himself. He didn't show anything off very often. Um, mm -hmm. But until recently, we assumed that whatever he encountered was just inflicted with him, and it was an isolated incident. Until, unfortunately, about two days ago. And I saw another villager who I believe is also infected. She refused to speak to me about it and refused to speak to me much at all, really. Uh, but uh, she was starting to show the same signs of the illness that uh, he had before he passed. Did she... Uh, is come she still alive? Yeah, Do you she, know? I, I saw her yesterday, but she's been held up at home in her cabin for quite some time. Uh, and she she refuses to come out. I was going to go check on her tomorrow. Uh, and he looks like kind of like at the windows and you can see like it's, it's getting dark at this point. Uh, it, it might be best to check on her tomorrow. Uh, 
but uh, her her name is uh, Tolgi, T-U-L-G-I, uh, Lutan. Do you know if she came into contact with any of the items that he brought back? Do you, or is there a way to track any of the items that he brought back? Well, I, I'm not quite sure. They, I didn't, I wasn't aware that they knew each other. Or, or I mean, everybody in Pale Bank know, knows one another. There's only 150 of us after all. <laughs> uh, but I had not heard of any any such interactions. You're welcome to inspect his cabin if you would like. There's nobody there. Uh, one of the uh, the rangers uh, for the village could take you there if you'd like to uh, explore it. But if it is infecting people, I would like to know what it is that's, that it's doing it before it becomes a much larger problem. How about and, this? How about mm-hmm. tomorrow when you go to visit Tolgi? Mm-hmm. Asha and I will accompany you, and Jazara will meet with your ranger and inspect um, his house because she's our weapons expert. She knows it all. Well, it, it might not be a weapon. He didn't often bring back weapons. He brought back uh, relics and and trinkets and magical aeor, uh, as you well know, and you probably don't. Uh, it was an extraordinarily magical city before it crashed into the earth. Then I would say we wouldn't need... I could go and see Tolgi first, and mm-hmm. then I could... Uh, then we could all go and check the house for anything, if it's any relics that... I would say that would be best, because between you and Jazz and your knowledge of the history, we'd probably figure out what's in that house. Alright, I I would appreciate any aid you could give. Uh, perhaps after we figure this out... it. Did, you said that you weren't from the surface earlier, I believe? That is correct. You're from the Underdark. Yes, we are. We have better. we have escaped some horrors. We are in search of an army to bring back because our city is currently under attack. And he takes that very seriously when you say that. Like, he is a leader of his own people. Like, he can understand, like, the weight of, mm-hmm. of such a thing. And, uh, and he looks at you, and he is a little saddened as he says to you, and he says, I wish we had an army to lend, but I'm afraid you will not find an army here. I will take friends. And uh, he, he says, well, we have plenty of those. And he looks at uh, Jazara, and he says, honestly, I thought you might be here for uh, Ergon's funeral, uh, considering, and he gestures at Jazara, and he says, I figured you were from the outpost. And Jazara kind of like looks at him and is just like, what What outpost do you mean? He's like, oh, the uh, across the sea on the main island of Isilcross. He says, that's where the uh, Jorhasian outpost, uh, the research center is. I figured you were from there. Uh, and he gestures at her and, and like to, you can tell he's gesturing at her drow-ness. Yeah. Her drow appearance. I, I figured perhaps you were all one of the uh, scouting parties there that maybe had encountered hi- uh, him as he had explored the area. And Jazara kind of like tilts her head and is like, do you mean there are drow here on the surface? Is Oh, uh, yes, yes. Uh, quite, a, quite a few, I, w- I would say. Maybe uh, 20 or 30 or so, the last I heard. Uh, but they have an outpost on the island across the way, uh, as they are one of the excavating parties, one of the interested excavating parties that are exploring the ruins of Aeor. 
And uh, Jazara kind of like looks at both of you and, and like finds that very interesting. And it's just like, I wasn't aware of any drow that lived on the surface, but uh, perhaps it would be a good place to explore and look for support. And she looks at Valkaria later. After, After our healing and researching, I think a trip to the island is in order. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And he says, well, seeing as how you ladies seem to not know much of the, the surface uh, world, I will... I, I don't... And he thinks for a moment, he says, I don't have a map on hand, but we have a map maker here. And uh, he says, I will get one to craft one for you. He says, it might take a few days, uh, but I figured perhaps by the time you figure all of this unfortunate mess out, it will be done, and I could impart that as a, a gift from me to you. You are very kind, sir. And uh, he he smiles at that, and he takes the rest of his drink, and like, and he drinks it, and uh, he reaches over and he pats the bartender on the shoulder, and he says, I do believe we've all had enough adventure for one day. He says, enjoy your rooms, lady, they are on me. And, uh, and he smiles and uh, he says, I will be back uh, tomorrow. I do have some business to attend to at the, at the docks. But if I am not here uh, by, oh, let's say, and he pauses for a significantly long amount of time. says, ah, uh, before 11, uh, then uh, one of my rangers will escort you where you need to go. Thank you, sir. We will see you tomorrow morning at 11. And uh, he gets up and like he, he makes a very slow trudge to the doors and uh, he leaves. And uh, you are provided with hot, warm meals and the first you've had in a couple of days. And the first you've had in at least a week because you did spend several days in a boat. Yeah. So it, it is warm, it is inviting, it's delicious in all honesty. And uh, is there anything you would like to do this evening? First, I like the cheers to my lovely friends. <laughs> okay. Zara will grab her, her drink and cheers with you. And I would like to whisper so that the bartender can't hear me. Okay. But, uh, do y'all think they're being too nice? Oh. <laughs> I mean, I've never met other people but ours, so like I can't really say I can. Yeah, judge I don't know. Well, he seems genuine enough. Yeah, uh, I, I think I want to believe good... he is. But there's As just a, some... how about this? As a measure of good faith from us to them, mm-hmm. heal the bar hops, like. Well, we can absolutely do that. That's no problem for me. And bar hops. Th- Jazara will, before, as Valkaria uh, yells out, but uh, Jazara will lean in to Ashen. She says, I think being wary is a good idea. I said, we don't know what the surface is like. We don't know what these people are like. But for as long as their generosity lasts, I think we should take it. But we will keep an eye on everything, just in case. We don't want to go from one frying pan into another. Mm-hmm. And, sure and uh, as Valkaria yells for the bartender, he turns and says, I have not moved, young lady. What do you want? <laughs> <laughs> he puts his leg back up on the table and says, I can't move. Can't you tell? 
Hey, he doesn't Bar hop, that is exactly what I want to see right now. My dear uh, friend here is- And he rubs his leg up and down. He's like, ah, oh, you like looking at the goods, don't you, darling? <laughs> I like seeing the wound, sir. Yeah, a little, uh... He gives little me blood. Just, like a weird look and it's just like, huh. A little uh, bloodletting for me does the trick. What but, happened uh, to a gesture of goodwill? Oh, we're getting there. Don't make it creepy. <laughs> um, my, my dear friend here is going to heal that leg up for you and you'll be spick span in a couple hours. And he looks at you and says, ah, I got bit by a winter wolf, you know. It was a big one, a huge one, but I fought it off with my bare hands, you see. You brave, brave barhop. Oh, and he says you should have seen it. There was at least ten of them. And then one of the human men that's uh, sitting with his family says, yesterday it was five. He <laughs> says, no, no, no. I, sh I assure you there was twelve of them and they were vicious and they were as big as trolls. Let him tell his tale. We'll get free food. <laughs> And the, the human men are, are they're laughing and like as as they listen to his story, he's like, they're as big as trolls, teeth as long as my arm, and he holds his arm like right up in your face, and he says, and all fifteen of them ran when they saw me. <laughs> more and more. It's like, but and, uh... I got out with this wound, and I can honestly say that I defeated the winter wolves of Isolcross. I'm sure they will tell their story for generations to come. And he says, aye, they will. And he takes a mug of ale and he slams it down in front of you. And some of it splashes all over. And he says, another round for you, dearie. <laughs> and yeah, it, there is definitely more of it on the counter at this point than there is in the cup. And, <laughs> and as he gives you one, he takes another much larger, larger like mug of ale. And he downs all of it in one go. And you think maybe the fact that he can't move has resulted in like some seriously bored dwarf that is just sitting here drinking his way through his own bar. Mm -hmm. Asha, please heal this man's leg so he doesn't yep, yep, destroy yep, it, yep, the place. Yep. Uh, he's sitting man. on a very tall but precarious looking stool and like with his leg up there, it's slightly out of balance and see wildly gestures as he tells his story. <laughs> like he teeters a little bit here and there, but it doesn't cheer him for an instant. And uh, Asha, are you going to cast the spell on this yes. monstrous man? What spell are you going to cast? Um, The healing one. The healing okay. word. Um, Will that so, do it? Will that work this one? Yeah, so go ahead and cast healing word. So you are going to roll 1d4 and then add 3. Okay. Mm -hmm. And add 4. 8. 8. And uh, so you put your like hands over his leg. You don't actually touch him because you're just like, mm, no. <laughs> uh, but you put your hands I over I can do it from like, a distance. It's fine. And this Works uh, better this way. This bright, like, blue magic comes from your hands, and your hands glow, and then the magic as it builds in your hands, like, just pushes down into his leg, and, like, his whole leg glows this bright blue in a flash for a moment, and then it goes away. And this and he's this man is partially drunk, very boisterous, and he's telling it to you, and he quits, and he stares at his leg, and he's like, by the gods! And he, like, he grabs his own leg, like his pant leg with his hand, and he like pulls his leg up. Like, oh. <laughs> and then like he, he like tears the bandages off and everything, and he pulls his whole pant leg up, and he's like looking at his very freshly like healed skin and everything like that. But his Very leg, pink. his now bare leg is like right like up over the bar and kind of like in your face. He's like, oh, look at this! I am a jolly dwarf once more! 
And he's like, <laughs> you young leaders are always welcome here. And he slams more mugs on the table. And he's like, welcome to the Jolly Dwarf. And you have made me a Jolly Dwarf once more. And he has now permanently like rolled his pant leg up and is just kind of like walking around the bar, just kind of like Doing showing a little it jig. off. Yeah, and like kind of like just showing it off, and he goes up to the like to the human couple, and he's like showing off. It's like it's like, do you see this? She's a miracle, I tell you, a miracle. And he starts to dance and everything. <laughs> he's having a great time. He's having a really great time. And, and I the, just can't help myself, and I say, don't use the same rag to wipe down the bar <laughs> as your leg again. He's, fully not listening to you he is now yeah, know, on a table and he is like doing a dance and everything it's like i think she's taken 10 years away oh i feel excellent i feel like i was a young dwarf and let me tell you i could fight another 20 wolves at this rate <laughs> bar hop please no fighting for at least a week he's like Doctor's i can't orders. promise you anything young one i can't promise you you want to go and he like starts putting his hands up and as as he's doing that he like takes a step forward he fully just slips on the table and lands back first on that table and uh there's a, a like a pregnant pause as he just lays there on the table or he sits up and he says hi there's a cure for that and it's no magic and he goes back behind the bar and he drinks another ale and the whole bar goes ah <laughs> yeah and I like it's it here as he's as he's having a great time, one of the uh, human men, uh, who are the parents of the uh, little tiefling girls that you saw, uh, come up, like they wave you over and uh, ask if you want to join them as they have dinner. Like, would you like to have d dinner with us, oh saviors of the jolly dwarf? <laughs> We'd be honored. And uh, you you sit down, and there's um, there are two uh, human men, about middle aged. One has brown hair, the other one's kind of like a, a dirty blonde color. Um, they, they're dressed well, um, you get the impression of, like, merchants based on their, their clothes. There's no, like, armor or weapons or anything on them. Um, and one of them reaches out his hand, uh, to introduce himself. He says, uh, I'm Irving, and this is my husband, Fenton, and you, of course, met our daughters, uh, Honor and Magic. And the girls at this point are off dancing with the barkeep, and they're all just having a really good time, so, uh, it, did I hear correctly from uh, uh, from Elro? Are you not from the surface world? We are not. We are from the Underdark. Oh, and they both look very surprised, but like not like they're not afraid of that or anything like that. They just look surprised and said, "Well, Hailbank is an interesting place to start your journey, I must say, and exposure into the surface world. I promise, it's not all snow." That is news that I like to hear. Mm-hmm. It's like you just happen to find yourselves in a very northern point of the of the continent, and um, Jazara kind of leans over and is like, "Where exactly would that be? Like, where are we? Where are we?" And uh, the uh, the Fenton, the other one, the dirty-haired blonde one, um, he he says, "You're in the graying wildlands uh, of Isolcross. So we are at the northernmost this." The northernmost adjacent point of Wildmount, the continent. And uh, uh, you've heard of Wildmount. You were aware that you were on Wildmount because that was the name of the continent like before like mm -hmm. uh, the uh, Calamity and everything like that. Um, the rest of those words are pretty new to you. And uh, Fenton like kind of like gets out a piece of paper and he says, uh, 
like he draws a very loose regard for what the continent looks like. And in the very like top upper left hand corner, like he puts a little dot and says, This is technically where we are. Mm. And then he draws like a, a a decent sized island just uh northwest off the coast, and he says, And this is the main area of Isolcross. Mm. The uh place Elro was uh talking to you guys about about uh where Ergon had been going. So he says to get there you do have to go across the sea. And Jazara leans over and says, is that where the drow uh, outpost is? And uh, Irving looks at us like, oh, yes, the uh, it's one of uh, several outposts that are there. Uh, the Jorhasians have one, which would be the drow, and he gestures at Jazara. Uh, he says, there's uh, the Dwindalian Empire also has one as well. Um, and they share a look at that. Like, they, they you watch them share, like, a meaningful look, and they look at you and said, Though, uh, and he looks, they look over all three of you, and uh, Fenton says, I don't recommend taking an adventure through the Dwindalian Empire outpost. Alrighty, any particular reason why? What we should avoid? Uh, the other outpost is uh, that of Jorhas. And in Wildmount, there are two main, there are three main divisions. Uh, one of which is the Dwindalian Empire, which owns quite a bit of the main continent. And to the east is Jorhas. And for quite some time now, the two countries have been in a silent but unfortunate feud with one another. And uh, though Jorhas and the uh, Menagerie Coast to the southwest um, have a variety of, of peoples, the ones of Jorhas are uh, much more like yourselves. And he gestures to the to the nature of all three of you in the form of Drow, Tiefling, and Damphir. And uh, says the Dwindalian Empire is much less welcoming to those who are not them. I see. Alrighty then. And uh, uh, Irving will look at you and he says, they're if you don't cause trouble, they don't usually cause you trouble, but unfortunately you do all look like you walked out of Jorhas. And at this point in time, it's it's not it's not a great thing. And they may stare at you or distrust you more on principle than on anything else. Is it the clothes or is it just my face? Uh, and he looks at Jazara and he says, Jorhas is a nation of led by a drow society. And Jazara looks very surprised at that because you are aware that, uh, and she was very surprised at the idea of drow on the surface too, because you are aware that full-blooded drow uh, have severe sunlight sensitivity. Like yeah. they have mm-hmm. a very hard time seeing in, in sunlight. Um, and uh, and uh, Fenton adds to say, there's the Duendalian Empire is very human based along with a, uh, a a smattering of of other people here and there of course uh, but the human monarchy of the Dwendalian Empire doesn't particularly play nice with those who are not like them and he you watch him like out of the corner of his eye like glance at his daughters that you know mm. that two male humans 
uh, aren't exactly around giving birth to two tiefling daughters. Mm -hmm. By the way, which mad which coloring was which for the daughters? Magic was what color, and honor was what color? Uh, honor is blue, and uh, magic is purple. She's a, like a lilac color. Purple, green eyes, blue, yellow eyes. Okay, thank you. And uh, so he says, I, I don't think they would give you any trouble by nature, but you may face more questions than you would prefer should you get yourselves into any kind of trouble. Just, uh, and he kind of leans forward like, I would avoid the largest cities if I was you. And, uh, but for now, you're up here, and nobody bothers to do anything up here. So, and, and he, like, gestures at the snow outside through the window. He's like, and you can see why. <laughs> and, yes, uh, the, uh, the, the biting cold is not welcoming to most. Yeah, and he, and, he, and he laughs and he says, I'm from the south. I I definitely understand your pain. And uh, you guys, like, you, you start eating, like, dinner, like, hot food is brought to you. In the middle of, like, all of the dancing, the barkeep does, in fact, bring you, like, like really nice hot meals and everything. And the food is surprisingly delicious, and you're not sure. <laughs> exactly. You're not sure so much whether or not it's from the fact that you haven't eaten a hot meal in quite a <laughs> while or if it's just really good food. And as the everybody gathers for dinner, like the two little girls, they come and sit the, at the table, and they make the exact same eating noise that Valkaria does, but in a much higher pitch, and it sounds great. Think, nom, 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 nom. It's really cute, and it's just it's adorable, and they and they you notice them like watching Valkaria, and like they start to mimic the things that she's doing, and they clearly just think she's the coolest thing on the planet. Try and behave. You have an audience. I don't have an audience. I have a following. Yeah. And you have a fan club. I do. Um, and you can see I, as she's talking to you, like the little girls are like mimicking like gestures of hand movements that Vakar is doing at the same time. Oh, I can mold them. Just Let their fathers mold them. And Jazara will lean over. She's like, and I'm assuming you guys are saying this in Undercommon and not. Oh, yeah. Uh, Jazara in Undercommon will look at you and says, we are literally sitting in a table with our fathers. Like, let's not mention a following <laughs> of some sort. Mm. And, uh, Great. And is, is there anything else you'd like to do before you go to a very nice warm bed for the evening? Oh no, that bed is calling me. Um, hang on. Oh, oh, uh, what's the thing that I have that I can... Hmm. She wants to make magic to impress her children. I want to okay. entertain them! Hang on. Okay. Well, you've uh, got um, cantrips that you can do uh, at will, and you won't uh, use any spell slots or anything. Is. You've got like thaumaturgy, minor illusion, message, mage hand, and chill touch. I'm gonna do minor illusion and like just kind of have things like float around. As soon as you start doing magic, those kids just lose their fucking <laughs> minds. Like mm -hmm. they just screech and then they're running over you and then they're like making the hand gestures too. And they're <laughs> having a great time. They're trying to cast magic. They look at Asha and they just like kind of do like a like a mage pose you're doing and trying to like cast magic at Asha and uh, and their fathers. And like at some point they have spoons and like they're waving them around this wand and the wands and like just the more magic you do, uh, the more like they try to intimidate you before it just dissolves into them just wildly waving spoons everywhere. Mm. Like you, you minor illusion like like a, a maybe like a little animal or something like that, or and then maybe like you use thaumaturgy to like uh, 
to like make like magic sparks come and mm-hmm. the mage hand to like lift something from really far away from you and bring it to you and they just have the best time that you guys spend hours here <laughs> just talking and enjoying it and having a good time and just really just having probably the happiest time you've had in at least a little while so it, it feels really good just to just to be happy again mm-hmm. i like it yeah and then you go to bed for the evening um and i am do you guys want to go all in like one room because there's a couple of rooms that have like double beds and like somebody two people like have to share and then somebody gets the other one um or do you want each individual room I would say, for safety's sake, we all stay in the same room. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because we don't know um, where we are. And even though everyone is very welcoming and friendly, we're outsiders. Mm-hmm. Jazara will agree with you. She says, I I do agree. I think we should stay together. Um, we, as nice as these people are, like Asha said earlier, we don't know anything about them. And mm-hmm. I'm not really inclined to trust any of them. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, so I think it's it's a good idea. And as you guys go in your room, it's a it's a decent room. Like it's not a five star anything, but it's better than sleeping in the snow outside. And so as you, it'll do the, the job. It's warm. Yeah, and it's enclosed. And it, there's a fireplace in it and everything. And like and it's going and like it makes the room nice and warm. Um, and as you guys like are getting settled in, uh, Jazara is going to cast magic and she's going to cast the alarm spell. And she takes this uh, spool of uh, string and she ties it on one end of the room and she goes around and as she places, like she takes the string and she taps it into different corners of the room. And as she goes from one point to the other, you can see the string hold itself taut, even though it's not Mm -hmm. tied to anything. Um, And she's casting the spell and she says it's uh, an alarm spell. If anybody except for us passes through where this string is, it will alert all of us with a noise. So if anybody mm-hmm. comes sneaking in through our door in the middle of the night, we'll hear them. Jazz, always looking out for us. Mm-hmm. She Pretty looks at you and she's spell. like, I'm a paranoid bitch at the very least. Mm. Works for me. See, so like, you, you you bed down for the night, you you lay in a real bed, and it's warm, and it's toasty, and it's good. Oh, it's, it's really down. Mm. It feels very nice, and you're just like, oh, and you just snuggle in a little bit, and you're just like, oh, it's this feels cuddly and warm, and it's really, really nice. Really? It's been ten minutes! <laughs> <laughs> Saw my opportunity, had to take it. <laughs> so you get a lovely, wonderful night's rest for once. And it's warm, and it's delightful. You don't have any issues through the night. You don't have to keep a watch. You just all cozy into bed and enjoy the warmth of it. Um, you wake up in the morning refreshed. You feel good. First time you felt really good in quite some time at this point. Uh, how would you like to start your morning? What mm. time is it? Uh, it's pretty early. It's probably about eight. All right. Got about 30 hours, so we meet Elro. I say... I'm pretty sure there's breakfast. I can smell something. Mm-hmm. Okay. Breakfast for sure. All right, so you guys gonna go downstairs. Um, you go get breakfast. You go downstairs to get breakfast, and the same barkeep is at the at the bar. Doesn't he? You knew he drank a lot last night, like just a ridiculous amount of alcohol last night. Doesn't seem to have phased him at all. He's good. He just smiles at you, and uh, you get the impression that the tavern is called the Jolly Dwarf for a 
reason. <laughs> and uh, he is nothing can dim his shine. Nope. Exactly. And you know, he seems to be having a good time. Uh, he looks at you and says, "Ah, breakfast, 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 and breakfast, goes, and a bottle of ale." And uh, yeah, and he looks at you. It's like, see, you and I. And he like points at himself and you back and forth. He's like, <laughs> and he runs back into the kitchen. And a few minutes later, it comes out with these very large plates full of. Um, they're full of food. It's a uh, an interesting collection of like fish and some like herbs and some uh, like plants that you've never really seen before <laughs> and uh, that you think probably uh, grow up here in this this tundra. There's some fresh berries and stuff that's on there too, but uh, it's good. It's warm. It's not like it's a the best meal you've ever had, but it is a, a good way to start your day. And uh, as you're sitting there and you're eating, um, you have a chance if you want to, you can get cleaned up. There is a, like a, a communal bathroom for the rooms upstairs that you can go and you can use to to bathe and uh, anything else you'd like to do uh, in the morning. I will definitely be taking that opportunity. I'm definitely bathing. Yep. And Jazara absolutely does too. You guys like take turns. You go get cleaned up and everything. You get yourself sorted out. Um when Jazara comes back downstairs, she's going to ask the barkeep. She's, she says, is there a, a store, perhaps, that we could purchase uh, goods, supplies, really? He says, ah, yes. Oh, well, maybe. And uh, uh, he says, ah, that's, uh, well, that that would be Telgi's uh, store. Ah. And, uh, well... I guess you'll you'll find out if you can buy anything later. And she says that's that's fair. And uh, as you you've gotten cleaned up at this point, I'll say it's probably about ten. Um, and this uh, this young woman, uh, this young elven woman, comes through the door as you're all sitting at the bar. You know, killing a little bit of time at that point, getting, you know, organizing your stuff, really taking account of what you have. Um, and she comes in. And uh, she's she's dressed in like what looks almost like a uniform. It looks very similar to uh, uh, Elro's uniform, but it's much newer looking and it's much more like well kept. And it's it's clearly has not seen the wear and tear of age that his has. And she's got like long brown hair uh, that's pulled back in uh, like a very intricate elven braid. Just part of it, and uh, the rest of it's down. She has a very nice uh, wooden bow on her on her back and a quiver of arrows. And uh, she makes a beeline, like, right over to all of you. She says, um, well, I would ask if you were the, the newcomers, but really this village only has 150 people, so you have to be. Uh, <laughs> what gave it away? Uh, it was definitely the shoes. Yeah, definitely, definitely the shoes. And she, yeah, I'm she sure laughed. you don't see many of our shoes from the Underdark make it to the surface. Yeah. Good call. Mm-hmm. And she tilts her head a little bit, but she'd been told that you guys were, like, from the Underdark. And, uh, and you she guys says, are kind of weird. Yeah, yeah uh, that too. <laughs> and she says, uh, "Well, my name is Mila. Uh, my name is Mila, um, Mila Tenno. If 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 you're uh, into formal things like that, and uh, she offers to shake your hand if you want to. Um, she says, "Well, uh, Elro sent me to get all of you. There's uh, he's dealing with an issue on the docks because currently two of our fishermen are in a very heated debate on whether or not one of them caught a legendary sea eel. Uh, I think it's a fish, but <laughs> he's certain he's caught the fish of legends. 
and uh, El and he's currently arguing with his neighbor over the rights to said mythical eel as they were both fishing for it at the same time. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm sure Elro will uh, set it to rights. Uh, so he's going to be tangled in that for, for a little while, dealing with that nonsense. Um, but he said that uh, he should be done a little later today. And in the meantime, I can take you guys to uh, Ergon's cabin. And uh, by the time you guys get done investigating that, hopefully he'll be done and he can go introduce you to Telgi. All right. Sounds like a plan to me. All right. And she, and she like, kind of, and she smiles. And she's clearly very young and a little, like, green around the edges of... of like her job and everything and she's got like a little pep in her step she's just excited to have something to uh, an official order of something to do and uh jazara uh, as you guys like walk out to uh where she's leading you to the cabin uh jazara asks her how long she's like she's like how long have you um been uh working for elro and uh the mila she's just like oh well I came of age not that long ago, uh, just uh, this past uh, winter, actually. And uh, so I've, I've been in training, and uh, technically you guys are my first, like, real uh, actual assignment, especially dealing <laughs> with people outside of the village. And uh, uh, she's like, and I'm, I I really just want to do a good job. <laughs> and uh, she, sure she seems really sure happy. you'll be an excellent ranger. <laughs> and I will say to Jazara, in Undercommon, you take lead. And Jazara nods at you, like she she gives you that that look, and she nods, and uh, and she stands and she walks like next to, to Mila as they're as they're walking, and uh, Jazara like keeps an eye like out of her because Jazara is scanning around to like make sure nothing's mm -hmm. coming up and around everybody. Uh, Mila is not; she is just she's having talking. a good time. She's talking. She's like pointing out some buildings as as you guys are going, like and she's so just keeping up chatter, like asking you guys questions of like what's it like in the underdark, like how long have you been on the surface, like. What do you think of like the sky, and just really Where are you visiting us from? <laughs> yeah, just some, just she's having a good time. Like, but Jazara is very like focused. I'll have Jazara roll a perception check. Um, Jazara's all about the. Uh, I really don't want to get attacked by anything. Yeah, Jazara, like any answer she has is kind of like off-handed as she's more focused on everything. And uh, Mila, not perturbed at all as as you guys walk and uh, you, uh, she brings you to this. Uh, this cabin. It's a one-story, one-room log cabin on the edge of town. Um, and uh, I... So this is Ergon's cabin. It's a one-story, one-room building. There's a, like a little wheelbarrow outside. There's a lot of like densely packed snow on the roof. It's uh, It looks more dilapidated than it does anything else. Um, there's some like dead trees and things around it. Uh, the, the stairs that lead up to like this little... Uh, rickety looking red door are like they look aged and well worn but not well taken care of at the same time um and mila leads you up to it and she's like you guys can have the run of the place look and do whatever you want it's not like anybody lives here now <laughs> and jazara like kind of looks at her and just like the and kind of and like she's innocently disrespectful like she didn't mean it like in a, as an insult towards mm -hmm. you know the fact that somebody died here she's just innocently just doesn't understand the fact that she just said something really rude to somebody who's mm -hmm. passed away. Mm -hmm. Um, and Jazara like kind of gives her like a side eye and she's, and she says, do you guys, do you mind if we go in? Just, and Mila's like, oh yeah, you guys can do what you want. And she's like, I'll just wait out here. And she just like sits herself on the stairs and she's like, just let me know if you have any problems. <laughs> well, this, this should be great. All set in Underdark. Yeah. Under common, sorry. 
Um, now, what is my what is an Arcana check? Arcana check. An Arcana check is uh, a magic check. Can I roll an Arcana check? Which one of us has the most magic? I know I have the most magic in me, but like, which one of us has the better shot of like detecting magic? You. Me. Okay. Um. Can I roll an? Yeah, none of you have detect magic as a spell, but you can roll an arcana check to look for magic if you would like. Alright, so as we enter, or like right before we enter, we open the door and I want to roll an arcana check to see if there's any lingering magic here that could give us a hint as to what possibly happened to this dude. Okay, um, before you like go to open the door, like as you like reach for the door, Jazara like, she's like stops you and she says, um, is the door, and she looks back at me and she says, is the door locked? And Mila says, no. Uh, why would we lock it? And Jazara looks at her and she says, um, well, so that if there is something that's causing the illness, other people can't won't get go out. in and get it. And he was like, oh! That probably would be a good idea. We should lock it after we leave. Mm-hmm. And Jazara is just like, yep, okay, cool. And uh, <laughs> and Jazara looks at uh, Valkari and says, let, let me go first. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, have at it. Jazara is going to Jazara's gonna check for traps on the door is what she's gonna mm-hmm. do because she don't trust shit, so Mm-mm. um she gets a ten. Uh she doesn't see anything on the door. Um she doesn't like she looks like at the seams and everything, it doesn't seem to be any problems, but she turns the handle and pushes the door in and sure enough, it is not locked. And uh, it, she just opens the uh, the door into a a very messy space. And um, ah. this is a uh, for the record, the images that I am showing you, I did make these. Nice um, on what? Uh, I used the Sims game. Actually. I was gonna the ask Sims if it was a Sims game. one. No, like, it's cute. I, I love, love it. it. I, I like to build in the it. Sims. So I'm like, well, I wanted to. I was having a hard time finding a, like a building that actually looks like what the dimensions are for this thing are for, and I'm just like, I can't find them, so I'm just gonna make one. So uh, uh, I did, and uh, but so you you open the door and there's this one room um, cabin, and it, there's a large fireplace on one wall. The place um, immediately your first impression is it looks trashed. It absolutely looks trashed. Uh, there's a bookcase on the far wall near a uh, wood burning stove, and there's like some surface, uh, like counter surface. There's another uh, broken looking bookcase to the side. There's cobwebs. There's like trash everywhere. Um, it it doesn't look right. This is a uh, aerial view of it. If that makes it a little easier, um, with this part over here being the door. Um, but everybody can make me uh investigation checks if you would like to start looking around the room um and as you go to like look around jazara says try not to touch anything with your bare hands 16 oh goody i can just poke things with my with my quarter stuff like i like to do uh 14 14 okay um and uh val you wanted to make an arcana check to look for yeah. magic okay go ahead and do that for me 19 19 okay um you're looking around, and the, the main thing everybody notices is the fact that the room, it, it looks like somebody has been here before you. Mm-hmm. And it looks like somebody trashed... It's been ransacked. Yeah, it, it looks like somebody really trashed the place. It, it doesn't look great. It looks like... Um, it, it makes you wonder who was here, 
And why? Because they didn't seem to have taken anything of value. You do find like some equipment for uh, like adventuring equipment. There's like uh, a set of armor that's hanging around. It's really dented, but it does like it is still functional armor. Um, there's there's different pieces of like tools and like traveling supplies and like cloaks and stuff like that. So if anybody's trying to take something of value, they didn't seem to do that. So you get the impression they were looking for something specific. Um, there's also this weird, above the fireplace, a large mounted head on the fireplace of a creature mm -hmm. you've never seen. Mm -hmm. um, if you guys are interested in trying to figure out what it is, one of you can roll me a nature check. Um, if not, or both of you can roll me a nature check. 14. Nature check. Five. Uh, you, you don't recognize it. It looks like a very large animal with, like, white fur, and it looks very angry, very large, and very violent. It's got, like, horns and everything coming out of it, and, uh, it's, it is, the head alone is, like, several feet across. It's massive, and it's definitely something you get the impression you don't want to encounter. Yeah, no. But, uh, neither of you know specifically what it is. Um, as you dig around... Uh, Asha, you, as you're digging through some of the stuff, you find, um, some, like, fur-lined cloak, uh, fur-lined cloak, a set of, um, traveler's clothes that also have a nice, like, fur lining in it. They are sized for a dwarf, not, uh, a regular, like, person of your, of, like, your guys' height. <laughs> um, you find a grappling hook, a hooded lantern, a silvered maul, and a, uh, dented suit of armor for a dwarf. Hmm. So, um, Jazara kind of fit me? <laughs> Jazara kind of leans over and she says, um, because Mila is outside, but she says in mm -hmm. Uncommon, she says, not particularly interested in raiding the things of a dead man, but if you find some valuable things we can tuck away, might not be the worst idea, considering we don't currently have a way to make any money on this, on this, uh, plane of existence so jazz you are against raiding i'm, I'm shocked i'm just saying don't let them she see only raids in an go. honest card of games a uh, game of cards oh my god <laughs> an honest card of game. there is nothing honest about what this girl plays in the taverns and jazara smiles and she's like oh you ain't wrong about that but just if you take things take don't get caught yeah, don't get caught. Like, and, like, she gestures to, like, to the suit of armor, and, uh, she's, uh, like, because it's, it's a breastplate, specifically, and she says, it's small enough that if you took the front part and the back part off, you could stick it in each of, a piece in each of our bags, and nobody would notice. So, um, are you guys interested in taking any of the things? I'll probably take some small. Yes, I'm, yeah. Yeah. He's dead. What does okay. he care? Oof. Okay, um, so there's a silvered maul. There's a the the breastplate. There's a fur-lined cloak and traveler's clothes. A grappling hook and a hooded lantern. What, if any, of that do you want to take? I think the cloak could at least be a blanket if, you know. Okay. Even if it don't fit. Or what's, it's shoulder wrap. What's know? the maul? It's a silvered maul. So you think you look at it? Uh, give me a um, give me an investigation check. Three. Okay. 
Um, you look at it, you don't really know a whole lot about it, because you don't usually do anything with malls. Um, but you assume that if it's anything you can use, you could probably sell it. You can't really gauge for how much, but you might be able to sell it at, like, a future town you guys go to. Mm-hmm. Here, um, give so me, you could... Let me look at it real quick. Sure. Take it. Let's see. Alright, we've got... This one was up, so the dot is... It's nine. Five. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> My six and nine have a dot. Um, <clears throat> nine, and then investigation, that's a twelve. Okay. Um, you think you could fetch, probably, a, a fair amount of gold for this? Maybe, like, 10 gold for it, uh, which is enough to get you a room at an inn for a night. So it would definitely be something worth taking. Put it in your bag, uh, Jazz. Okay. This one's a good one. Uh, <clears throat> Jazz will take the, the mall. Um, Asha, you have the cloak. Um, and, I'll uh, take the Val- lantern. You'll take the lantern? Okay. The lantern. Are you guys taking the armor? The breastplate? <laughs> I feel like if anybody knew him, they'd be looking for his armor. I want to leave the armor behind. Like, things that are not so common, like, that are more common lying around, I'll take. Okay. Probably not our perfect decision, but if I get caught, I I just want to be like, I'm cold. (laughs) There you go. Um, I'm shaking the hooded lantern, and Jazara's going to grab the uh, grappling hook as well. She's like, I bet you I can attach this to an arrow. Like, I don't know if the... I can, but I'm gonna give it a shot. Okay. Um, so Ashley, you can write down the uh, fur cloak, and mm-hmm. uh, Val, you can write down the uh, hooded lantern. And um, uh, we're taking them all, but who wants to carry them all? Do you want me to Jazar to carry them all? Sure. sure. It'll fit in her um, her quiver, so that oh, you got, cool. we can put it in there. Where right, the quiver that. Is uh, yes. Yeah, we can put it in the quiver of the endlessness. Um, now, uh, Val, you were looking for something magical, and as you, like, you're looking around and like you're digging through some stuff. You're trying not to touch it. Like you're using your quarter staff mostly, mm-hmm. and, like push things around and push things over. And as you're pushing like through the shelves and like you like you kind of pull like some of the books aside, and a little <laughs> slip paper falls out and what catches your attention to it is that the ink on it shimmers a little unnaturally um Mm. and so there's this little little slip of paper that falls out what you gonna do with it i'm gonna investigate it okay for sure um so are you gonna pick it up or what you gonna do with it or do you want to look at it while it's on the ground or i am gonna pick it up with my was it my mage hand yeah, you can do that. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick it up with my mage hand, so I'm not directly touching it. Okay. So we can all gather around it and take a look at it. Okay. Uh, give me an investigate check then, please. Seventeen. Okay. Mm. Um, you're holding it up, and you, as you're holding it up, and like you kind of hold it up to the to the light of one of the like the candles that's on the wall. Um, you can see that the ink on it is like shimmery, and uh, it gives us like this faint like little. Uh, magical essence to it and as you're as you're staring at it um you realize that like the magic in it is uh kind of like a binding contract kind of a thing because what it is is a receipt (laughs) and uh so like it's it's a magical ink that uh is used in receipts because you guys use this in in the nameless city is you use magical ink that won't fade or wash away so that like if basically if somebody tries to steal something or return something falsely 
like the magical ink cannot be tampered with or changed and you can't make false receipts and all of the receipts in the nameless city are made with this ink so you get the impression that maybe that's something they do here on the surface as well okay um it is a folded receipt and uh, it's dated two months prior and on it uh, you can see that it says um that ergon sold items here uh in town of things that he found in Isolcross um, to a place called Pelk's Curiosity. That's P-E-L-C. Um, <clears throat> he sold these items for a thousand gold, which definitely indicates to you that um, holy shit, whatever he found was worth a fuck ton of money. Like, there's no way if he has a thousand gold, he should be living in this shack. Like, th that's yeah. insane. Like, he has a bunch of dented armor and, like, trash stuff, and yet he had a thousand gold. But you also, um, do you share this information with the Yes. Group? Yes. Jazara kind of looks at you and she says, okay, he's dead. Where's the gold? Any floorboards look loose? Um, you can, like, you can look around, you can do, uh, from what the investigation check you had... Uh, you didn't find any, like, weird hidden things, but if you want to specifically look for floorboards, you can give me another investigation check. Now, I have a question. For the what? ink that is used in the receipts and, 15. you know, buying stuff, whatever, that we use in the Underdark. Yeah. Is it, uh, is that magic ink specific to the Underdark? Um... Like, have, do we, have we ever heard of them using it up in the on the surface? It's a very... You know that it's a very simple, common thing that magical ink um, in the is very common. You wouldn't assume that it was Underdark specific. You would assume that anybody who can, like, when you guys were in the Winter Festival, you were infusing uh, crystals with magic to light right. them so that they glowed. You know that you could anybody who can like has enough magical control to like uh, do that can infuse it magic into small objects and things okay. like that. Sometimes you can make it glow. Uh, some any basic person with magic can make magical ink that won't fade. So okay, um, you wouldn't is, assume it was underdark specific. Okay, um, is there? If I was to like check the magic that's imbued in this receipt, would mm -hmm. I be able to get like an essence of like where it came from? Good um, magic, bad magic, a spell, a curse. You can you can give me. Um, Give me another Arcana check for that. Six. Six. Um, you get the sense from the magic. You don't get any good or bad vi like vibes off of it. It's, it's a very neutral thing. Like The ink doesn't uh, give off any type of specific magic. It really just gives you the understanding of like this is an extremely low level of like magic okay. imbuement that somebody did. Specifically just to make sure that the ink didn't fade. And you get okay. the impression it's something very common. So, okay. um, on the receipt, it does list, um, items. Um, uh, because at, at the top it says, uh, you know, like, sold to Pelk's Curiosity by, like, and it has, like, Ergon's, uh, name written on it. And, uh, it lists a dagger, a scroll case, a jade statue, a quiver of 20 arrows, a silver ring set with a jasper stone and two blue glass vials. Okay. And all this for a thousand gold. 
And then right. Zara looks over and says, well, Jade's statue's got to be worth a, a decent amount of money, and that ring must have, too. Can't imagine you got much out of the arrows, but still. I wonder if you I... found all of that in Aeor, or wherever the hell that is. It m- it might be time-consuming, it will be time-consuming, but I think it would be a good idea if we can somehow track down these items. That's probably a good idea, because they if these are from that place that he went to wherever he got the illness, or maybe one of these things is what caused the illness? It could be a link, it, it could be a hint to something, a clue, who knows. Yeah. But I think it's worth looking into. We should ask about this place, this uh, health, health curiosities. curiosities, yeah. And Jazara's uh, gonna walk back out onto the porch where uh, Mila is really just still sitting there, just having a good time. Like she's just sitting there, just doing her dada. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> leave the baby uh, alone. Jazara <laughs> walks back out to her. She says, "Mila," and Mila's like, "Oh, are you done?" And Jazara's uh, like, uh, "Almost." Uh, do you know of a shop called Pelk's Curiosities? She says, "Oh, well, yeah, that's in town." Um, they're not quite open at the moment ever since they got vandalized a couple months ago um they vandalized they yeah who actually well we're not really sure who but i mean it's it's honestly uh it was probably about the time that uh ergon came back too long after that but we all just kind of assumed that the people who vandalized it were, you know, the ruffians from Shady Creek Run. They're, I mean, they're always here, so. And they're always looking for something special, especially from Aeor. Um, Jazara's... Tell me more about the Shady Creek Run. Oh, you don't want to go there. Shady Creek Run is a really, really awful place. It's full of, like, a lot of lawless people, and they send a lot of their, like, it's, it's literally run by crime families. There's like several crime families that run the whole thing and they send their people off to like go to places like Aeor to look for like magical items that they can sell on the black market. It's a, it's a, um, well, I, I guess if you're looking for something a little, um, and she like, she like very quietly, like she kind of looks around and then like she very quietly says, if you're looking for something a little on the uh, less legal side of things, you could definitely find it there. But uh, they send a lot of their bandits and stuff up here and to like to raid places and stuff like that. I And honestly, they kind of they attacked the store after Ergon got back. Maybe he uh, gave some of it to uh, the, the store and or at least maybe they thought they did that he did. And uh, they were looking for stuff. So Pelks has some really weird things in it and some kind of creepy things, but Sometimes they have things that are, are, like, really good and really valuable, and Ergon's definitely sold their stuff before, so... My dear a- Mila, can you please yeah. get us into Pelk's curiosities? Oh! I mean, uh, and she, like, looks at the at the time, and she's like, uh, sure, um, if it's open. I'm not allowed to break into places if they're not open. Like, that's against the law. Uh, but I bet Elro could could let you in anywhere. He has keys to everything. So we will take this up with Elro. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did you guys need more like more time here? I think we're good here. Do you know if do you have any idea if Elro's done with the uh, dispute? He was. Uh... Um. 
we can go check. Like he said, he would meet us at the at the Jolly Dwarf when he was done. So we can go back there and check if you'd like. It's been a couple hours at this point because it, it did take you guys quite some yeah. time to like to look through some stuff. Um, so we can go check. And hopefully he's done. You'd like to think an eel wouldn't really cause that much of an issue, mm-hmm. but who knows with Pale Bank? And like she just says it like it's just such you know like it's just a common thing. And uh, uh, would you guys like to head back into the city to look for Elro? Yes. Yes, and I am uh, Val. I... Um, Valkaria is going to speak to Jazz and Underdark, going and undercommon. Damn it, sorry. Um, this Shady Creek Run sounds like a, a place, place for one go. of your shindigs or one of your shenanigans. And Jazara, who after, since the mention of Shady Creek Run, has been smiling, and she's just like, I, I think if we have any need for money in the future, I know where to go. I was thinking we can just go there, get our money now, while you run them dry, and get information. And Jazara's gonna look at uh, Mila, and she says, how, how far is this Shady Creek run from us? And uh, Mila thinks for a second. She's like, well, I've never been there, but um, it's a little south, and she says, <clears throat> it's probably about two weeks from here. Oh. Yeah, it's... it's yeah, it's, it's a little on the on the far side. You gotta go kind of south. You gotta get out of the tundra first, and then you gotta pass through the forest, and then it, it's uh, between two mountain peaks. So it, it's a little far, but it's probably about two, um, two weeks, three if you get lost. Hmm. Um. And uh, uh, she she does say um, if you go to if you do go to Pelks, I I hope you find Barla. I mean she. She's been acting kind of weird lately, especially ever since the break-in. I think that might have rattled her with the people from, um, like, you know, the bandits and everything like that. So I hope if you get a go, like, you you can check on her and make sure she's okay. She's a really nice person, if a little strange. Hmm. We will definitely check on her and see if she needs anything. Sure. And uh, so one of you, just one, um, can roll me a straight d20. And I'm going to say before you roll it, um, a 10 through 20... Uh, Elro is there at the bar waiting for you, and a one through a nine, uh, he's not there yet. Twelve! Twelve. He's at the bar. Alright, Elro is there. Um, you walk into the Jolly Dwarf, and uh, Elro is, is sitting at the bar, like, nursing a, a warm cup of something, and he, and he turns and he looks at you both, and he says, Ah! How was the, uh, the investigation? Did you get to go to the cabin? We did, yes. Thank you so much for sending Mila to us. Of Very course. informative. She's, she's a good girl. She knows uh, this place like the back of her hand. I'm sure she does. And Mila is very happy at that. And like she sits at the at the bar and she just kind of like waits happily. And she's just like for her next like orders of what to do. And um, Elro asks, and she's like, did you, did you find anything? I think we did. If it's not too much of an inconvenience, Elro, I we would like to visit Pelk's Curiosities after we visit Tolgi and see how she's doing. Oh, well that's that's quite a mind I ask why. Um, we found a receipt of okay. items that were sold to Pelk's Curiosities and for a high number of gold, and we just want to see if we can track down the items, see if there's any connection to what might have caused um, your friend's demise. And he gets a very serious look on his face at that point, and he's like, ah, well, that that, that does make sense. Argon 
uh, sold many of the things that he brought back from, from Aeor. And, uh, if anybody was going to have such things, I, su- I suppose it, it, uh, it might have been Verla. Uh, would you like to go to Pelk's Curiosities first, or would you like to go to, uh, meet Telgi first? I would say we'd like to go see Tolgi first. Let's not keep the poor woman waiting in, in whatever yeah. state of freezing she's in. Like to help her if we can. Then off to the cabin we go, then. Are you ladies ready? Ready. As we'll ever be. And as you you gather, like, all your stuff and everything, and you, and you get ready to, like, head out to this cabin after having found a bunch of different... Uh, clues that lead you in in a couple different directions at this point um so you guys make your way towards telgi's cabin with elro in the lead mila follows along um and uh as you guys are walking he says that he i've known telgi for for a little a little while she's one of our newer residents here uh she doesn't she doesn't socialize very often so uh, I am not super surprised that she doesn't really want to talk, but uh, I am worried that perhaps she's she's come down with the same illness that uh, took my friend. Mm-hmm. And uh, he leads you up to this cabin that looks very much like the other cabin did, like the uh, Ergon, Ergon's cabin. It's one story. Uh, in a little better shape than Ergon's cabin is, a little less disused looking, and um, Ergon's gonna go up, or Elro's gonna go up to the door and knock. Um, as he goes up and he knocks on the door, and uh, like he, he he does a polite knock. There's no answer. He waits, and he does a loud knock, and you hear a faint uh, voice from the inside yelling, "Go away!" <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Elro just he politely says, and he's just like, Telgi, you need to come out. We're worried about you. But he's, he stands there at the door, and he's like, Telgi, you need to come out. We need to, mm, we need to check on you. She yells at him, and she's like, go away. Do any of you want to try anything? And you just listen to them yell at each other. Um, I, I, I'll, uh, I would like to offer my services. Um, Talgi, uh, you don't know me, but I am Asha Kel, and I'm a healer. I'd like to help you if I can. And you, there's a, there's a pause, and she says, If I don't know you, then why would I let you in my house? Fair question. Um, just trying to help. Um, and I think we stumbled upon your village, Mrs. Tol- Ms. Tolgi. Uh, we're just trying to help. We've we're here on Elro's behalf. We've offered to help any way we can. We already healed Barhop's leg. We're investigating what caused the demise of Aragon. So we heard that you're inflicted with the same it problem and we would really like to have one less death in this village. Roll me a persuasion check with advantage. 24. 24, Jesus Christ, okay. Uh, there's, so there's she a puts moment. on all the charm. <laughs> She's over there just like charming that door. Um, so she, uh, there's, there's a long pause for a moment and then you hear like a, a lock turn on the other side of the door and uh, it doesn't open but uh, you hear foot, footsteps like walking away from it and 
Elro kind of looks at you, and Elro kind of looks at you all. Elro gestures for you guys to, to go ahead and go through the door first. So he doesn't, uh, he's not going to open the door, but then again, you do get the impression that this is a very old man, and if something is wrong, like, you don't want him to, like, be the first through the door, so. Yeah. So Jazara will offer to go first if you don't want to. Uh, I'll go first, I'll, as a, as, as the healer. As the healer. Okay. And, uh, so you, you open, you open the door, and, uh, the heat of this small cabin, like, it, it hits you, like, really strong. This is the hottest room you think you've ever been in. It is. Her fireplace is just huge, like, the fire in yeah. it, there's much wood in it. She's got candles everywhere. There's, bl- like, blankets thrown everywhere. It's ridiculous. And, uh, there's also, like, dirty dishes in some places. T- tools and, like, utensils are thrown everywhere and stuff like that. Um, there's soup cooking at the same time. Like, this is an ex- like an extremely hot room. And it's just, like, it's very uncomfortable to stand in it. And I say an undercommon, I think the sauna at Kel Tower is not so hot <laughs> as this. Feeling swampy yet? Something. And, uh, uh, Jazara, who, like, she, like, stands in the doorway and she's like, oh, and as, as this weird combination as you stand in, in near the door of heat coming in from, like, the front and, like, the chill of the back, and it's just, like, this really weird, like, dual, uh, dual heat and cold system. And Telgi is sitting there. She's a, um, she's, like, a a gruff, uh, probably in what you would estimate to be, like, a human mid-30s at this point, and she's sitting there in her chair. Just so many blankets are thrown, like, over and around her, and she is just so bundled up and um, and you can't see this, but for the love of God, I have a dice fiend <laughs> <laughs> who is laying on literally all of my dice at this Lucky moment. See you. <laughs> and uh, are you having fun? Are you are you having fun? Okay, he's having fun. Um, and she looks at you like there's a blanket like thrown around her head. And, uh, like, it's just so hot in here, and you can't fathom having that many blankets on you and in this hot room. It's ridiculous. It's, like, so hot. Mm-hmm. Uh, while Asha goes towards T- Telgi and, like, starts the conversation and tries to figure shit out, I, uh, kind of make my way towards where all the dirty dishes are. I just use my mage hand to, like, kind of slowly clean them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Telgi, you. like is wa- dividing her attention between both of you because you're both the two people that have walked into the, into her house mm-hmm. at this point. Mm-hmm. And uh, both of you make me a perception check, please. Seven. Twenty-one. Um, Asha, as you're, as you're walking towards her, you see a tail sticking out from underneath her bed. Alrighty. It is a large tail sticking out from underneath her bed. And uh, I have officially lost a D8 to Bucky, <laughs> who has claimed it as his own. And um, to be fair, he rolled a five. So, oh, good for you, baby. Good boy. Good for you. And uh, thank you. Um, you're on my notes, though. Like, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna scoot that just, just a little. Okay, you're, you're fine. Thank you. Thank you for allowed. Really? He just <laughs> smashed all of my D20s. Okay. He rolled a six. <laughs> he rolled a six. He actually rolled a dice and he rolled a six. So, um, 
But Telgi's sitting there, and, she, and she's Sorry. staring at you, and she's especially staring at Valkaria, who, like, is walking around her space, and then she sees you, like, start to clean things and stuff like that. She kind of, like, focuses back on Asha, and she says, I do not have much, but I would give you everything I own and more if you could cure me. I do plan to try. So and, uh, uh, you can do a, um, well, you don't see anything wrong with her at, mm-hmm. at this physical point. But then again, you can only see about the stretch of the space around her <laughs> eye. And a tail. A tail. And a tail under the bed. Which is not where she is. So right. you don't think that she yes. has a tail, for the, for the record. But uh, something is under there with a tail. A large tail. Um, and uh, Jazara will ask, and she says, what exactly is it that's wrong with you? And Telgi, like, kind of shifts a little to look at her without leaving her cocoon of Really? <laughs> Thank you, Bucky. Uh, I have so much help. I, I don't know what dice he threw on the floor, but he threw one of them on the floor. Um, we'll find up soon. <laughs> and uh, Telgi, like, throws her blankets back in, like, a one fell swoop. And you can see uh, her legs are frozen blocks of ice. Oh, jeez. And the reason that her footsteps sounded weird when she was walking uh, from the door and back is they were clomping because she can't like her feet are, are frozen from like the knee down is is frozen she can still bend her her legs but you think if it keeps going up that she won't from be she won't be able, able to do that for much long for much longer and um asha what would you like to try to do um you can um, make a medicine check if, if you'd like to try and get an idea Valkyria, yeah. you can try to make you can make an arcana check if you'd like to try and get a sense of the magic of this. Now I have another question. Um, mm-hmm. Do any of us have the ability to kind of sense what creature is under the under the blankets? Um, you can give me a. I'm gonna say a nature check to try. Okay. And I got tell me 19 for the arcana. I got okay. 21 for medicine. Okay. And 14 for nature. Um. The tail looks big and a little canine, but it's not any kind of dog tail you've ever seen. That's for sure. Okay. Um, for the, the Arcana, as as um, both of you come together to like inspect Telgi's legs and everything, and you, and uh, Val, you're trying to like figure out what kind of magic this is. You can tell by sensing this magic, this is powerful magic, but it's not like any kind of magic you've ever sensed before. Your magic is innate and like it comes from like the shadowy place <clears throat> your father's magic is is similar less shadowy but like it comes from a different but similar magical source you've sensed ash's magic where it comes from like the moon and it's this bright like holy magic and even jazara's magic which is very like earthy um and gives you like the sense of kind of like um the caves of the underdark and stuff like that You've never sensed magic like this, but you the sense you do get of it is that it's very old and very powerful magic. This is a different level of magic and a different type of magic than you've ever really experienced. The closest you could say that you could say that you come to it is probably like the telling is like secret service magic people. Mm. Like that sense of magic that they tend to give off kind of like relates to that, or some of, like, the weird arcane shit that the crystal catchers get up to when they're really making something strange. 
Um, you've sent some of their like wild magic, like arc arcane explosions and things like that. Like it gives off a little bit of those vibes too. Not quite either, but uh, but similar. It's it's wild ancient magic of as of like crystal catchers, but deep magic and strong in the way that the Telena family, um, their like secret magical police do. Okay. So it, it gives you a very odd sense of something surprisingly powerful. Um, Asha, as you look at it, you uh, in her legs and. Um, do you want to cast a healing spell? Yes. Okay. Um, are you going to cast... Uh, what do you want to cast? Uh, well, you know, the one that I used in the... Let's start with the one I used in the bar. Um, the healing word? Yeah, healing word. We'll okay. start there. Then. So go ahead and roll me the D for... Seven. A seven. Okay. Um, you put your hands, like, over the ice and everything. You're careful not to touch it, because it is magical illness. Uh, it like, seems magical to be contagious ice. of a sort. And of, of some sort. And uh, you push your healing magic into her, and you glow. Your hands glow with the bright, like, blue light of the Moonweaver, and the magic pushes into her, and as as the, the light disappears, her legs stay just as frozen as they were before undeterred, I'd like to try another one. If sure. I have um, let's see, which one do I have? Um, let's see. Uh, I, uh, remind me what Spare the Dying does again. Like, would that be appropriate in this situation? Um, Spare the Dying is when a creature's at zero hit points, you stop ah, it from making okay, those no. saving throws. Okay. Um, let's see. Um, there's a lot of ones that I know I don't, I didn't select, so... Or can I trade them out for the day, or...? Um, I will say, because you haven't been trading out your spells, if you would if you would like to try and switch them out for something else, I will let you do that. Uh, I will okay. let you switch one spell out. Okay. Um, I guess we will try, uh, Cure Wounds for right now. Okay. Um, so you can go ahead and roll me the, um, the dice for that one. That also D4? I believe that is a D6. Oh, wait, where three. is it? Oh, here. Okay. Okay. D6 plus three. Uh, eight. Eight. Um, you push the healing magic into her. You concentrate. You you pull, like, this deeper, stronger well of magic to you. It, it takes you a moment to really concentrate on it. And as you push the magic into her to try and heal it, uh, the magic is pushed into the ice and like there's a bit of color that comes like comes back to her face a little bit just from like the, the pure uh powerful healing magic that's being entered into her but overall her condition does not change i don't want to give up but i think i need another spell we need to figure out what what's causing this yes so uh, we Jizara, can pull our magic jazara kind of steps into the cabin at that point and she says you are not the first person to have this illness. How did you get it? He's supposed to have gotten it by traveling to Aeor. Did you also go to Aeor? And Telgi kind of... She looks at, like... She looks very disappointed at the fact that the healing magic hasn't, wor hasn't worked. But um, she doesn't particularly look surprised either. And mm -hmm. um, she kind of looks at Asha and she says, Well, it was worth a shot. Nothing else I've done has worked, so... Why the fuck should I think anything else is going to? Mm. And she throws, like, the blankets back over herself. And she says, no, I didn't go to Aeor. She says, obviously, 
I didn't go to Aeor, to Aeor myself. What am I supposed to do? Go out into the wilds by myself? That would be ridiculous. <laughs> and Elro likes, uh, like speaks up and she's and he says, "Well, Ergon did it quite often, actually." And she gives him like, like this dirty look and everything. And uh, uh, he doesn't seem perturbed by that. And uh, <laughs> but he says, "No." She's like, I, I'm not even from this stupid village and your stupid ways. And he's still mm -hmm. not perturbed by that. And uh, she says, obviously, I stole some of his shit and whatever was on his magical, aoring bullshit infected mm -hmm. me too. And Toby, uh, do you still have any of the items that you stole? Uh, or pilfered? Well... Technically, I was supposed to give all of it to uh, my sister, uh, Hulil, and uh, to, to send back to Shady Creek Run. And Elro kind of straightens the, at, the, at that, and he's like, Are you from Shady Creek Run? And she says, Obviously, I'm from Shady Creek Run. You think that all the shit that was stolen recently just did it on its own? You didn't think it was weird that like I came into town at the same fucking time? And, uh, and he's just kind of, like, gets more and more solemn while he's looking at her. And, uh, he says, We welcomed you to our home, and this is what you do? And she says, Bucky, could you, could you not scratch at the mic? Thank you, though. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, and, Tol and Tolgi just kind of looks at him, and, and uh, he, she says, Look, I'm not paid to care. The mm -hmm. Udalot family I work for is also not paid to care, and they're certainly never inclined to it. So, I don't really know what you want from me, old man. <laughs> and Jazara steps just up. so cute. Yeah, Jazara steps up next to him at that point, because, like, Tolgi, despite half being frozen, is starting to get a little hostile. And so she steps up next to him at that point, and, um, and, uh, she, Tolgi looks at them, and she, and she says, Look, when Ergon came back to the village, I saw it as a, and with all of these, like, great Aeor finds that he, he was, like, boasting about. I thought it would be an easy way to get something to send back to the, to the family. And, uh, it just, it, it seemed simple and a fast way to earn something that would maybe earn us a little credit among the, uh, among the family. And I, I didn't really think anything bad would come of it. Like, people find things in Aeor all the time, and nothing weird or fucking frozen happens to them. <laughs> and, you know, I just, I didn't think it would be such a big deal. So when I stole it from Pelks, I just didn't think it was a big deal. And, uh, and, uh, Elro kind of, like, leans backwards a little bit like that. It's like, you were the one who broke into the store. She said, obviously I was the one who broke into the store, old man! <laughs> and, uh, and Jazara steps up to, uh, to her and, and, uh, she says, Do you have anything left? And what did you do with the rest of it that you stole? And, uh, she, she's kind of quiet for a minute. And, like... As she's been getting louder, too, I will say, um, Asha, since you're the one who noticed the tail, the tail has gone underneath the bed fully at this point. Mom's and, having a cow, I gotta hide. And, uh, well, and, like, you hear, like, slight shuffling, like, whatever's underneath her is, is moving. Um, and, uh, give me a perception check, Asha. Got a 16. Um, 
That's a loud noise for something shuffling underneath there. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, whatever it is, it's definitely not some kind of house cat. No. And, uh, um, Valkaria, give me a perception check, please. Alright. And then I want you to give me an insight check after that. Both of you can give me an insight check, actually. Natural d20 for the perception. Ooh! I got 23 for insight. Okay. 16 for insight. Alright, and for insight, Jazara got a 21. Um, Val, you see her when you... She's asked about whether or not she still has anything. You see her glance to the side, and when you look to the side, you see there is a very lovely and ornate dagger slightly sticking out of one of her uh, blankets. And you know that on the list of things that was sold to Pelk's Curiosities from Ergon was a dagger. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, so you can put mostly two and two together and figure out that's probably one of the things that she stole. Uh, as she's hesitating, I'm just going to pick up that. Not with your bare hands. No, no. I'm going to pick it up with my mage hand. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, and you, so you reach, you use cast mage hand and you go over and I'm, give me a, um, you know what? I'm going to have you roll initiative to see if you're going to be faster. It's just going to be you and her. Um, she will also roll initiative and whoever goes first is, uh, going to have the better chance of getting the dagger. And just a d20, right? It's a d20 plus your initiative, which, which is, is one. one. Yeah. She has a plus three to her initiative. 14. She got a 10. So you beat her. So you use Mage Hand, you reach over, you pull the dagger out, and now in your hand is this ornate looking dagger. In your Mage Hand is this Mm -hmm. ornate looking dagger. Oh, you're going to steal from the thief. Hasn't that lovely? I wouldn't call it stealing as more recovering stolen property. You said you didn't have anything, and I am uncovering a lie, so... I kept the dagger. It was a nice dagger. It seemed useful. The rest of it, on the other hand, I gave all of that to Hulil. And she's, uh, she should still have all of it. I didn't give it to her that long ago. But, uh, I, I, everything I took came from Pelk's curiosities. And I, I took maybe half a dozen things. That was the only one I kept for myself. So commendable. Telgi, I'm sure you're not going to appreciate what I'm going to ask you next, but... Oh, do tell. Could you please, in as honestly as you can, write down a list of everything you took. If we can figure out what came back from the ruins of Aeor and where they went, Mm -hmm. maybe we can figure out how to stop this. Thing that's attacking you. Well, first of all, is your sister sick? Yeah, is your... I... I haven't been able to get a hold of her in a little while. How it, long is a little while? Maybe a week after I gave her the items. Elro, how long did it take for uh, Aragon to pass after his affliction? About a month. And your sister hasn't been heard from in a week. <sighs> 
And uh, she looks at you and she says, I've had this for the better part of two weeks now. I gave it to her about a week ago and I haven't heard from her since. And how long have you been afflicted? About two weeks. As soon as you got them. Okay. Yeah. So it sounds like whatever is affected went with her sister. Yeah. And she she says, do you want a list or not? Yes. Yes. Then give me some fucking paper. I reach into my bag, hand her parchment, pen. Let's let's start writing. Um, On the list, she writes the dagger that you already know. Um, Mm -hmm. She writes the uh, scroll case, which was also on the list Mm -hmm. of the receipt. Um, She writes the uh, the jade statue and the uh, blue glass vials. And uh, in addition to that, she writes like uh, a wooden dragon statue, a golden button, and uh, wooden tap shoes. Wooden tap shoes. Clearly, the uh, definitely the pra- the problem. Oh yeah, definitely the culprit. Look, one of the the people from the Udalot family. They collect weird things like that. I, I thought maybe it would get me in good with with them. And like she looks like she's kind of embarrassed by the fact that she took some really weird shit. Uh, uh, Thank you, Toby. Tell you, sorry. Uh, yeah, she looks at you and and, uh, and uh, she mm-hmm. says, "If if my sister has it, it too. I I took it directly from." the store to here and before I gave it to her and Jazara looks over and she says and where exactly is your sister now and Huli doesn't look like she wants to say that the answer to that so I'm gonna roll you mean Telgi? yeah Telgi doesn't look like she wants to answer that so I'm gonna roll a persuasion check for Jazara uh persuasion oh it's, it's real not good uh, she has a minus two to that. <laughs> she she got a seven. Uh, and so uh, Tolkien just kind of like keeps her mouth shut at that. And uh, Jazara's going to step forward. She says, if you want us to help her, you have to tell us where she is. And uh, Tolkien looks at her and she says, I don't have to tell you shit, lady. Uh, anything oh. you guys would like to do or say? I want to. Is there a way that I can just bring whatever the fuck animals underneath that bed out into the open? <laughs> um, sure. How would you like to do that? I mean, I don't want to pull it, and I don't what think Mei like Chan to... would be able to lift it. But well, it's under a bed, um, and you can't see it at the moment. But if you would like to tell me how you either get in there or uh, open it, you're more than welcome to tell me how to do, how you uh, uh, get this creature out. And while she I have op- an idea, so while. Jazz and Telgi are having a face-off. Mm-hmm. Val finds some animal treats and just starts shaking whatever bag it's in to get it out. Okay, where are you finding animal treats? And uh, what in the kitchen. Of- I'm, I've been I've been cleaning the dishes. All right, I won't say you, say, you find um, specifically animal treats, but I can say I you can find, find some kind of, of meat of of some. There sort. you go. I found some jerky, and I'm just. Give me an animal handling check. 16. Okay, so you're you're crouched by the bed while like Jazara and Tolgi are having like this this stare off and you like kinda like 
holding some of the meat underneath it or trying to get something to come out. And uh, as, as you do, this gigantic fucking wolf head pops its way out of there and chomps down on the meat. And as it does so, a second giant ass wolf head pops out from underneath there and chomps on the same piece of meat. And now they are in a tug of war over this single piece of meat. And I will say these giant winter wolves, um, their teeth came very close to your fingers. They are about three times the size of a normal wolf. How the fuck do they fit under that bed? Big bed. It's a big bed. Uh, And uh, they just kind of like tug back and forth and and Tolgi notices them and she like clicks her her tongue at them and and they scoot themselves back underneath the bed. So, and she's like, see, if you were rude and didn't knock on the door, we would have had some fun. (laughs) And, uh, go ahead. Tolgi, are these I'm gonna take a wild guess and say that these were not acquired legally. And she kind of like smirks at you a little bit and she says, only things that aren't any fun are acquired legally. I will let you have that. That is true. Mm-hmm. And uh, and she looks at you and she says, also leave my dogs alone. Or uh, you'll be the next thing they get to eat. Mm-hmm. And Jazara Gis- takes several steps forward at that and she says, You've been uncooperative, unhelpful, and overall just a pain in my ass. And she says, we're trying to help you. You can either help us help you, or you can sit here and freeze to death and die, and you will be their next snack. Are you going to help us or not? And I will give her a persuasion check this time with um, advantage, because uh, that was mildly threatening. Wow, it's not good. Um, it's 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 a nine. It's it's a whole nine. And Tolkien flips her off. <laughs> She's just like fuck off. Mm-hmm. Uh, would either of you like to try anything? I'm gonna try a little distraction. Okay, what would you like to distract from? And basically from the contentious situation happening over there by asking. A seemingly random question. Okay. Telgi, was anything in that scroll case, or was it just empty? She tilts her head at that for a second, and I'll have her roll a history check to see if she remembers. Good question. She, she says, I remember grabbing it. And I don't remember scrolls, but I didn't, I don't recall opening it either. It was, it had this gold filigree around the side, so it it looked valuable. I didn't, uh, I don't recall there being anything in it, but I don't believe I opened it either. And she looks at it, and she thinks, and, uh, for for a moment, I'll have her roll for, yeah, she says, I don't recall much of the, like, just the dagger was the only thing that I found personally valuable. She says the the scroll case just looked like it could be worth some money. The the vials, whatever liquid was in them, looked like they could sell them for something and it was just monetary what I was looking for. When humor me, Telgi. But and she, like, you... puts both of her hands, like, underneath her chin and gives you a very condescending look of, like, mm, I'm humoring you. Uh, when you grab 
the glass vials? Did any kind of liquid pour out, touch you, anything? And she sits and she thinks about it for a moment. She says, I, I don't know. She rolled a natural one on that history check, so she doesn't know Shit. the fucking day of the week. Uh, <laughs> she and is she's very sold. She's like, I grabbed as much as things as I could, as quickly as I could, and I threw them all in the bag. What happened to them after that? I, Besides the dagger, which I put in my pocket, I, I didn't really pay attention to the rest of it. Did the dagger cut you anywhere? No. Do you still have the bag? You shoved everything in. No, I gave that to my sister with everything uh, okay. in it. I, I, when I brought it home, I went through everything, but I put it all back in the bag, and I gave uh, Hulil everything. I, unfortunately, think that's all we're gonna get out of here. So you're gonna get out of here? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I... You're not helping us much. You, you want the help, you don't want the help. Um, I'm sure your sister will really appreciate being dead. So, I think we'll just, uh... And she's, and she's like, oh, you Make can our fuck Mary right Leo. off. She's like, you mm-hmm. can fuck right off. And that's when the winter wolves get out from underneath the bed. And they are very large. And uh, they are not happy with you. And they do start to growl at you. And, uh... Bye. You leave? And I take my leave. Val, you leaving? Uh, yeah. As I'm leaving, I mage hand uh, another piece of meat towards the wolves. And I shut the door behind me. Okay. Well, Jazz has uh, to get after. Well, too. Jazz too. After Jazz. Yeah, uh, Elro will go out as soon as Asha goes out, and then uh, Val goes out, and uh, Jazara makes sure she's the last one out, and she backs her way out of the room, and uh, you use Mage Hand to like throw the meat and uh, close the door right after that, and now you're on uh, her porch. Fuck that bitch. Excuse and, our language, Elro, but yes, fuck that bitch. His and he says, well. I had higher hopes for her when she came to our village. It is unfortunate to see that she is one of the people who deal with Shady Creek Run and the the bandits that hang out here. And uh, and he kind of he kind of looks very sad and a little a little disappointed and everything. And uh, but uh, kind of like perks himself up, pulls himself together, and he's like, "What is your next step?" Well, Elro, I would still, we would still like to peruse Pelk's curiosities, just to see if we can find anything. After that, I think we're going to need to make a run to Shady River Run. Shady Creek Creek Run. Shady Creek Run. She almost said Shady Pines, is what she almost said. And he he says, I don't recommend going to Shady Creek Run, but at the very least, I can help you with pelks. And uh, he says, I, I do have the spare key if uh, if there's no answer. But uh, Miss Pelk hasn't hasn't been interested in opening the shop since things were stolen from it a, f- a few weeks ago. So. We understand. Uh, any help would be appreciated. And any kind of Guide, I know you're making a map or having a map made for us, which is, again, very appreciated, but any kind of guide that would give us, like, a lay of the land on how to get to Shady Creek Run without getting into much trouble? We also appreciate it. He looks at the three of you and he he says, I have a feeling 
Trouble's going to follow you no matter what. You're not wrong there, sir. Or perhaps it is you that is the trouble. And he laughs at you and he like any like good naturedly like kinda like uh nudges you in the side. And uh and at that he turns and he says, Well, to Pelks. And and he very slowly but very confidently walks down the stairs of the cabin and makes his way back towards the town with Mila in tow, who is through the whole thing, like she got a little serious when everything was going on with the cabin. She stayed mostly in the doorway. Uh, but she very happily follows Elro, and the three of you take off towards town, and with far more information than you started with, a decent amount of prospects ahead of you in both trying to solve a very disturbing but interesting mystery, and possibly some leads on where to find both some help and some trouble. Mm-hmm. And with that, we will end our session. This Yay. is getting good. Yay. Yeah, getting real good. Cheers to Yay. our DM. Yay. Yay. Yay! I have been taking so many notes about this session, like just names, places, like um, details. It's those details that'll get you. Uh-huh. I love it. Good. I'm glad. Um, did you guys have any uh, questions about anything? Um, whether it's anything we've done or anything like that. Um, anything you need me to spell, too, because I said a lot of words today. Yeah, uh, the... Isolor? Isolor? Mm. Cross. sorry. I don't know what Isolor. Brain, probably, it's a, probably a House of the Dragon thing that my brain is trying to pull. Yeah, Isolcross, please. Sure. Um, so that's spelled E-I-S-E-L- C-R-O-S-S. You know, I actually would have been right if I had just sounded it out. I put it as I-S-Y. Oh, that's good. Too. Alright, um... Do we have a name for the creature that was sleeping on me? No, you do not no. have that yet. Because okay. it sounded like a goose. <laughs> you know what I was picturing? Huh. I was picturing one of those lizards that have like their um oh a frail lizard yeah. those that have like the the little thing come out from the sides and have like the satellite head. Mm. Oh okay, I, but I but poultry, poultry <laughs> like a chicken. Okay, that, like has that thing come out of its head and just kind of with oh, wings would... and everything. Oh, I might have to incorporate that at some point. That's. <laughs> I might have to make a new creature. That sounds terrible. Oh my god. Okay. Uh, I now I now wish that's what it was. It is not a a poultry dinosaur chicken, but like I kind of wish it was. Mm-hmm. That's, from the way you described that, I'm just picturing like this the the saddle I think like puffing up whenever it gets like while well, it's hissing and like its yeah. wings are just flapping like a chicken. Oh, I just pictured a a, a demon goose. A de- that works too. <laughs> With teeth. That's fair. That's fair. Um, anything else you guys have questions with? Spellings? Anything about your spells or anything like that? Mm. Nope. No, I just wanted to let you know I really enjoyed this. I'm a little tired, so maybe I'm not emoting, but I really enjoyed this and I loved the uh, story crafting that went on here. Yeah. Cool. I'm good. I'm glad. It's um, weirdly enough, because like this is coming from something that was like 
partially pre-crafted and stuff like that. Like the, the very mm-hmm. base outlines of it was pre-crafted. Right. So like, oddly enough, it's the only part that worries me about anything in the campaign. Everything else that I've created myself, I'm like, I got that. <laughs> Just like this part of like, uh, this very base part for uh, Pale Bank is, is, was throwing me off. And I'm just like, okay, because there's, I have 23 pages for this. So. For Pale Bank? Yeah. Or for the well, whole thing? For everything, no, for everything that's happening connected to what's going on in Pale Bank. Good so, lord. Yeah. So uh, I was more worried about making sure I connected all the dots and getting everybody's names correct and all that. So, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so you guys have done really well. Uh, there wasn't really or any fighting in this one, but I thought it would give you guys <laughs> an interesting opportunity to try and use your spells in a different way. Um, be investigators. Yeah, like do do something different, like do some investigating, do some, you know, uh, mm-hmm. really use the different D and D skills, and uh, just see the different things that you can do and uh, different ways to use your spells. So, mm-hmm. I I really like how this story is progressing. Good, I'm glad. Like I, every time we sit down, I have no idea where it's gonna go. Like yeah. I have yeah. absolutely no idea. It's literally. G- starting a book and i have yeah it's, there is nothing in the back nothing on the on the inside flap i there's yep. nothing which is really fun for me as the as the person who knows all of the things that are at least the very general things that are going to happen there's a lot of like the details and everything that you you guys make up and a lot of things that are made up on the fly too like that creature yeah, sitting yeah. on top of valkaria was not planned but it sounded really funny so it also that. sounded like something that she'd be really sad that she didn't wake up for and then she didn't wake up for I'm sorry <laughs> so much trying like rolling so low like two natural ones holy shit now do any of us i mean it's me being me. Do any of us have an affinity for animals? Because as you can tell, I've been trying to like make friends with the chicken lizard and the winter wolves. Um, for the animal handling, um, Asha has a plus three, and so does Jazara. And you only you have a plus zero. I have a plus one. A plus zero, okay. So I'm not the one who should be touching the animals, even though I am. Well, no, it definitely she's it, just they, they, she's a little too exuberant, that's all. Yeah, they're they're um they're interesting creatures. None of you are like super adept at it, but uh, Asha and Jazara are are tied. It probably should be Jazara just because of her very nature based uh, abilities yeah. and stuff like that. But uh, she's more worried about keeping y'all alive <laughs> than she is about the animals. So and you have the air of the syndicate just going, "I'm gonna touch it." Yeah, I'm yeah. gonna reach under the bed and get me a doggy. Yeah, Jazara very much feels like as, as she looks at uh, at Val, it's just like, it's going to be a struggle to keep you from accidentally killing yourself on something ridiculous. <laughs> so You know it. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, but that's the fun part too. I also like yeah. uh, Jazara and Valkaria's like just general banter, like back and forth. <laughs> like Jazara's willingness to put like Valkaria like on a street corner somewhere, but uh, at the same time, like Val having no issues just throwing her under any bus. <laughs> it's just mm-hmm. like, but at the same time, like you can really like you can obviously tell too like as soon as something happens like jazara is fully willing to stand between you and anything else oh yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you are the warrior and just like and you know and at the very core of it you guys are friends and and her most important people so she's gonna 
will very willingly stand between you and any danger that comes along. She's just going to give you a lot of shit about it in the meantime. It really is the three of us just... It Yeah, it, it really very... It's us, but with, like, magic and weapons. With magic, so, yeah. So, you know, Sounds but... Uh, I'm really curious to see how Asha takes uh, a second moon being in existence, so... Yeah, she's, she's dealing with that right now. <laughs> yeah, so... She, well, then, she's kind of caught in the... Can't wait to tell my family. Oh, <laughs> yeah. It's a lot. Also, of, going. Like, why can't I heal this thing? That too. That's very frustrating it, for her. It's interesting too because, like, that's one of the things and one of the reasons I like you guys. Like, uh, really, like thinking about the spells that you pick and stuff like that is some of your spells just have limitations and some spells do mm-hmm. things that other ones don't. Um, mm-hmm. and like, and specifically for Asha as a, as a cleric. Every day when you wake up in the morning, you get to pick new spells. And, you know, like, if you try out different stuff and stuff like that, maybe you'll find things that fit with different situations better. It's really good for, like, planning. Like, if you know that one day you're going to go, like, do something stealthy that day, you may, you know, take more spells that help with stealth and stuff like that. Or if you're going to go into combat, you pick more uh, uh, healing spells. Why? I don't know why she's pretending that she's in that horrible movie smile. I don't know. Why she's doing? Does this mean that we're now level three and I get my puppy? No, and you don't get your dog to level six. For one thing, you didn't do. No, it's level six. It is one hundred percent level six. Um, and also you didn't do any fighting today, so you didn't earn any experience points today. So you're not leveled up yet. So um next week we or next week next session we will uh pick back up with investigating pelk's curiosities Mm -hmm. and um seeing what you guys figure out from there so so i think everything's good you guys just let me know if you have any uh questions or anything like that and uh yeah Mm -hmm. it seems to be moving on in at least an interesting direction so (laughs) i the thing is, is I know all of the things that are going to happen, like, over, like, the entire campaign, and, I, like, I so much just want you guys to get to, like, certain points, but, it, like, yeah. you have to go through the journey to get there, and it's just like, oh, I want you to go here already, or I want you to do this already. It's I know, because like, no. we have to do the thing to understand the thing to do the thing that... <laughs> and not to and... get totally squished and outclassed, because you're only, like, levels two and all that, so it's just, like, you gotta, gotta go through the stages, but I so much, like, there's um one mm-hmm. thing I'm gonna have you guys do, like, in a, several episodes from now. But, like, I I spend a, a weird amount of time just, like, pulling little things to add to it. And I'm just like, you guys are going to really like it because it's going to be a lot of fun. So. And, uh, Got it. I have, I have so I have a little running list of things I'm going to troll you guys with at the same time. So. Okay. So that should be fun. <laughs> I'm excited. Yeah. All right. Um, I will talk to you all later. And uh, until next time. Thank you guys for listening to our second session of the Nameless City campaign. We hope you enjoyed it just as much as we did. And yes, I I am actually making snoring noises as Valkaria. Yes, it's it's very accurate to her other chainsaw snoring noises that she's made in the past. So not so been witness to this distant past. Yeah. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Hey, y'all. Just a little note at the end, as always, um, we are not affiliated with Wizards of the Coast, Critical Role, or any of their affiliated people. Um, the Nameless City is our own creation, but we are setting this in the world of Matthew Mercer, um, with the 
same abilities that all D&D campaigns do. Uh, the music is from tabletop audio or is from uh, a serendipitous setting, which is um, my own creation. So you can find the music at uh, either tabletop audio or on YouTube at the sounds of or serendipitous setting. So um, beyond that, yeah, I think that covers everything. Thanks, guys. Tune in next week for more fuckery because we have some serious questions and concerns. Wee woo, wee woo, wee woo. Please hurry back so she doesn't sit here and do that. <laughs> <laughs>